everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today we'll be covering the eighth and final episode from season three, titled Chapter Eight, The Battle of Starcourt, for our 100th episode! Woo! Yay! Make a, make a champagne pop sound. I should have sh- I should have saved the, uh, the the pop of the cork. Uh, I already popped it, so I could have it ready for us uh, for our little uh, toast later. Uh, yeah, in, in, insert cork popping there. <laughs> Editor's <laughs> note. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to get into this. The finale of season three of Stranger Things <gasps> lining up perfectly with our 100th episode. Lots of things happen. I'm excited to jump into it. Oh my gosh, I am too. Um, I'm not even going to waste any time because I, I just finished watching it like 15 minutes before you and I sat down here to record. So I'm still like, I was doing the ugly cry and I, that cry where you, you know, uh, <laughs> you're yeah. like trying to breathe. So I'm I'm still recovering here. <clears throat> but let's jump, jump into our top five because I don't even want to, I just want to get into it. And I'm going to, I want you to start because I think I'm going to need a few more minutes to gather myself. What was your number five for the finale, Sean? Oh, uh, well, my number five, I'll start off with a really high note, a fun note, and it's the fact that Susie does exist. <gasps> We're and- in sync, yes. <laughs> and we get a never-ending story reference. I loved never-ending story when I was a kid. Me too. We watched it all the time. I didn't really remember the song, though, because it's been a minute since I've seen it. Really? It, yeah. But as there was, I think I watched it on quiet a lot. Like, I didn't watch it, like, in... Like with a lot of noise in the background, I guess. But yeah. But oh, we get Susie saving the day. He calls her up. Gets, yes. You know, and I love that there was a little bit of, you know, Erica kind of like is saying something, and you know, Susie's like, "Who was that?" Like very jealous, <laughs> very kind of like <laughs> yeah. junior high questioning type stuff. <laughs> but what do you think of Susie? What do you think of Never Ending Story? Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, same same as you. Whenever I was a kid. uh, you know that it, it aired on HBO. I come from an era, and and everyone will remember who grew up in the eighties. Uh, you know, I, I was a poor kid growing up, but you know, because I was a latchkey kid, spent a lot of time at home. My mom did spring for cable, oh, so nice. I did have cable, and with cable came HBO. And back in those days, you know, there, the, you know, they didn't have original programming. There weren't all the TV shows. There were some comedy specials and a few things here and there, but it was mostly movies, right? I mean, back to back on HBO was nothing but movies. Um, it's a little bit different today. So, you know, they played movies like two to three times a week. And Never Ending Story, I remember, would play, um, you know, it was like that one of the monthly movies and it would play a lot. So I watched it frequently. And I the, the song probably stuck out more to me than most of the whole plot of the movie. Um so this was a huge, huge moment, uh, you know, when they, they just all of a sudden broke out into song. And, I mean, talk about the cutest duo ever. Oh, I know, right? Dustin they, can uh, sing. I mean, I don't know yeah. I don't know how much of that's kind of the audio fixing kind of stuff, but I know he's got a band. But He's got a band, and I think he sings I think in so, the band. Yeah. yeah, so he's got a great set of pipes, that's for sure, and so does Susie. And I failed to put her – I saw. I looked up her name, saw it, and I didn't write it down. Um, but she was fantastic, and I loved it because I had all the faith in the world that Susie existed. I know everyone kept doubting, yeah, you know, poor uh, Dustin. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm like, nope, I, I believe it. I'm, I'm a believer that she exists. And by golly, did we get a great introduction uh, to, to Susie. Susie Pooh, maybe we should call her. Uh, Susie Pooh and Dusty Bun. Um, <laughs> Dusty Bun's a great nickname, too. Like, they even I, have great nicknames for each other. It was the best thing ever. And it's so sweet because, um, you know, he keeps calling her the perfect girl she's you know the perfect girl she's hotter than phoebe cates and you know she's super smart and i mean i you know and she was adorable absolutely adorable and she definitely could look like i mean she was an adorable girl so you could see her growing into a definite hot phoebe cates when she gets older i hope that doesn't sound weird because she's a kid if that sounds weird i'm sorry i don't mean that to be weird but she's a very adorable little girl probably going to be smoking hot when she grows up so good for her um so i could see her growing up to be you know super cute and it's true that, like, there's someone for everyone, oh, yeah. right? Um, and that's what I love because, you know, these two met at Camp Nowhere. Was it Nowhere? That's what it was, right? With K-N-O-W. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And um, so, I mean, talk about a perfect match. And though it, she has a beautiful singing voice. Gatton has a beautiful singing voice. I thought it was great. It was definitely with all of the tension in the episode, you know, there was so much happening, uh, you know, keeping me on the edge of my seat and a lot of emotion happening that this was like an uplifting moment. Yeah. I, I felt that really helped. And, and especially during a super tense scene. So they're singing this beautiful theme song to this amazing movie. And all the while it's the mind flayer, you know, yeah. <laughs> chasing them down the road. And so it's just this kind of, odd situation that they're you know mind flayers chasing them they're breaking out into this beautiful song um and then everyone's faces yeah because everybody's hearing this as it's going on like uh like okay first off mind flare is this real life dustin with a girl singing never-ending story like yeah we're in the upside down we never escaped the upside down this is what's this is our life now exactly yeah this is what's happening you know hopper is just like what is happening? Even Joyce, Joyce, one of the most tolerant people in the world, turns around and just puts her her fists in her in her face in her head into the wall, like, oh my god, what's happening right now? <laughs> so everyone's faces was priceless. The song was amazing. They they just they were absolutely beautiful. And if you if I'm sure everyone knows it by now, but you know, of course, I'm late to the game since we're just now making it to the finale. They do have. Um, a cover of that with those two singing on the Stranger oh, Things nice. 3 playlist on Spotify. I'm sure it's available out there elsewhere, but I use Spotify. Um, it's out there and it's available, and I played it probably, I don't know, 100 times since. I'll have to jump on that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it was amazing. Definitely a great uplifting moment in a very intense and emotional episode. Well, it was great for the bookend of this, too, because first episode, he's trying to contact her and can't. Like he says, like, well, she's from Salt Lake. Her family, you know, is very, yeah, you know, they're restrictive. Mormons. Yeah, yeah, like they wouldn't understand. And here in the, the moment where he needs to, he goes right to her and gets her to give them that special number. And it was great to see that connection, too, that these guys are just, you know, they're in. You can kind of tell her, you know, you see some kids talking about being in love. It seems like they've got a very strong love relationship that. You know, she yes. had been waiting for him for X number of days. He's like, sorry, I've been, you know, saving the world, fighting Russians. And, you know, she's like, oh, that's my dusty buns. Of course you have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, they're absolutely adorable and, and smart as a whip because she knew Plank's constant. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. I'm she hoping, saved the world. I'm hoping. Oh, yeah. And that's what he says, too, isn't it? <laughs> 
Uh, I'm hoping if they do, I think there's talks they're going to do a season four that she becomes kind of a, a strong character in it too. Like I hope this isn't a one-off kind of thing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, my number five is just Susie and never ending story. I loved never it. Never ending story. Um, yeah, I'm not going in on that one. <laughs> Sean, turn around. No, that's all you're getting out of me. Cause nobody wants to hear that. And I've had some drinks, but not that many. Oh, it's, to it's gonna be a long hundredth episode. We'll I know. Oh up. my god! I know. Feedback alone tonight. We're gonna be sitting here a while. I might uh, fall out of my chair before. I'll be like Remitz. Turn around. How's how's the rest of it go? Oh no! Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we might get there, folks. You might have to skip ahead a little bit through that, or well, just since... uh, hope hope he edits. Hope Sean edits it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, since uh, we both had the same number five, and I went first, why don't you go ahead with your number four? Okay, I'll do that. Um, oh, this is going to be hard to talk about. I'm still, I mean, just thinking about it, um, doing notes and um, fresh off of watching this uh, a second time, I am uh, going to do my best to hold my shit together because I don't want to cry on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to talk about Billy. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Um, so, God, what the hell? I mean, I am still reeling from that. I I had a fear. I mean, even just way back in season one, I thought, or, sorry, damn it, episode one. I'm sorry I do that every time, guys. Episode one, when he gets taken uh, by the Mind Flayer and uh, basically controlled by him, uh, you know, I had this fear, like, damn, what if we lose Billy? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know for sure, didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but I was really hoping throughout the season – that he would somehow escape the mind flayers prison and that he would learn from all of this, you know, learn, you know, after having the mind flayer control him and after having done all of these terrible things that, that were out of his control, that he would go on and be freed and, um, learn to do good and asshole no more. And we have that scene you know, he, he he comes after them at the mall. We know all of that. And, you know, he hits Max. He hits Mike. Grabs Elle. And takes her to basically sacrifice her to the Mind Flayer. And we get that lovely scene. You know, it's... They really know how to set these scenes up really well. You've got the Mind Flayer in the back. And everyone's throwing the fireworks on him. So you've got this amazing show of fireworks. So it's it's kind of beautiful and scary at the same time and all through this l is able to get through to him because i i think that i and i was watching it earlier and i kind of thought you know the mind flayer is kind of being distracted by yeah. these fireworks it's in pain it's hurting and you can tell that when it's being hurt billy's being hurt too you know they could all you could see all of the people before they melted and became this giant mind flare they were all kind of connected and when one would get hurt the other could feel it and so on so you can tell that he's feeling you know that pain and it seems like that was maybe enough that maybe l was i don't know if, if that's what helped l get through to him that you know, the mind flare is kind of distracted. So it was, it kind of made this crack in this opening in, in Billy's psyche that Elle was able to get through to him. Maybe, I don't know if that helped or not, but she was able to talk to him and use his memories that she, that he shared with her, um, with his mom on the beach. Um, and she made him remember being happy. And it was like the last time really that he was Mm -hmm. happy. And, 
I absolutely lost it. Just cried the entire time. And I think Dacre Montgomery was absolutely brilliant. When he, you can see in his face when he's under the mind flayer's control, as Elle's talking to him and bringing him back, you can see then Billy is now Mm -hmm. back. And this one tear falls from his face. And I just. So what are you thinking about it so far? I, I, I know there's more to talk about with that scene, but. It was, I mean, we talked about it previously, like when we saw some of that stuff too, and you get to see Billy's, you know, uh, interaction with his mom and you could tell like they had a strong relationship again. Like it's, it's really weird that, you know, she kind of left him. So we don't really know the full story there, but you know, you definitely see a kid who was left with probably the wrong parent, you know, and it's, 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 you know, kids are fragile and, you know, he's, you know, talking about like they said the seven foot wave and he was happy and it's, it's tough whenever you see, because that's kind of like getting to see, like, why is Billy the way he is? Like, Steve, you know, when he was Steve the D, it was just, it was high school jerk, you know, kind of thing. Like, he right. he was just living up that persona, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't damaged, like, emotionally damaged. But here's Billy, right. this guy who, I kind of feel like him and Max have some kind of weird underlying, like, close relationship in a weird way. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she seemed pretty distraught when everything was happening with him. And I know he's probably been... I don't know if I, 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 I'm not sure if he's been like physically abusive with her or anything like that. Like I know he grabbed her arm that one time in a few episodes, but yeah, you, you definitely see like he, he doesn't like to let people in. And, you know, I mean, if you live through his life, I mean, why would you, I mean, you know, you're the one person you love the most in the world, your mom left you. Like, why would yeah. you trust anybody else? And you know, the, the line that really got me is when she's talking about, was like, you were happy. Yeah. And you know, you think like, Kids only have, like, so long before they kind of, like, realize that, oh, shit, life kind of sucks. Yeah. And it's always sad when you see that happen to people that are, like, super young. Like, he was, like, what, seven or eight maybe? Maybe ten? Yeah, he was little, yeah. And to basically have, like, life kick you right in the gut, like, when you're that age and be like, hey, guess what? Life sucks and, you know, you're going to be miserable. And he had to kind of grow up and live with that and, you know, he... He was again his dad didn't help any like his dad wasn't even like a halfway decent guy uh but leading up to that like i mean oh, when when she said that you were happy part and he kind of did that like slow nod and the tear like that like really choked me up cuz you know it's as a parent that's one thing you always hope to avoid is your kid to feel like you know like again they grow up way too quick mhm but in this moment like you know he was able to stand up and you know he, I don't really know. He he at least saved L. I would say. I mean, his death didn't like. I think wasn't the thing that killed the mind flare, but I think it stalled it enough that it didn't hurt anybody else. Yeah. Um. But like the way he went to, I felt was kind of, you know, tough. Max obviously was distraught over it. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. I'm curious what her dad will, will even think. Well, I guess his dad will even think about it. Um. But that was tough. Like it was like watching that and like like I said like. You know, sons that have those strong connections with their mom. Like, I guess, like, the way I looked at it is, like, my son and, and my wife, like, their relationship's, like, that super strong. Yeah. Or she would never leave, leave him, I don't think. Like, I think she would, like, if, if, like, it's not this way, but if it was, you know, if we were in this movie and I was his dad and she was his mom, like, you know, I would not be found. Like, they would be moving to Hawkins because there's a missing body, not because <laughs> somebody's moving. Right. But it was definitely, it was definitely sad to watch. And I'm, I'm like, I'm glad he went out the way he did. Um, kind of a hero. Um, 
that gets me the thing that sucked about this season. So mm-hmm. I think after season two, episode two or three, we talked about spoilers a ton. Yeah. And this was one that I caught the name and caught like moment or sacrifice. So pretty much since like episode two or three, I'm like, okay, if something's going to happen with Billy where he's going to sacrifice himself. So that oh, was, it, it didn't kill the moment, but it's definitely one of those like, all right, I, 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 I have an expectation of what's going to happen. So yeah. damn you Yahoo news for sure. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, and it wasn't even about, you know, knowing that if you go on social media, you're running a risk with something like this. I wasn't even on social media whenever I, you know, saw a, a few small things, you know, I was just on my friggin' Apple news app, you know, oh, yeah. just scrolling through headlines. And it's like, you know, it's fine to have articles talking about the entire season and all these episodes for the folks that do binge it or watch it in the weekend. I'm perfectly fine with that. But why do you have to have a spoiler in the the, yeah. the headline of the article? Is that necessary? Can 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 you just not click on it and then read the content? Um, that's what made me mad. I was just scrolling through seeing headlines, and it was a friggin' headline. Um, and I do an get it. We're we're kind of the oddity that we're taking we are. you know week to week, but still, it's kind of like yeah. And I wonder if that too, like they're trying to capitalize on, you know, because the news on the show is definitely dying out at this point. It's been about sure. two months. Sure. So, you know, you know, that first four to six weeks, like people are just going to be hounding that news. You got to get those clicks. You got to strike when the iron is high. I totally get it. I, and I, you know, I get it, but I just wish they didn't have to have it in the, the article of the, or the um, headline of the article. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That's the only thing that, you know, it's like. You have to click on it to to read the spoilers. You shouldn't have to see it, um, you know, full on when you're just scrolling through a news app. I wasn't even on social media. I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on Facebook or anything like that when I read it. So that kind of pissed me off. But back to Billy, I you know, I was really hoping we were going to get maybe to see his dad this season. You know, we, we saw him just a little bit last season and I was... I don't know what I was really hoping for or what I was hoping would happen, but I, I thought, I don't know, maybe I just want to see his dad, um, you know, this season a little bit. And the fact that, you know, Billy's mom, we really don't know why she abandoned him, but it seemed, you know, like once he's on the phone with her and he's begging her, you know, to come back and not leave him behind because his dad's an asshole. Um, I wonder if there was something, cause you know, there seemed to be, some accusations thrown at her from his dad, yeah. you know, saying something about, Oh, I heard you talking to him or something about another him or something like that to that effect. So I wonder if there was, if there maybe was someone really involved. I don't know if it was just like a jealousy thing or if there really was someone or not. And she, you know, was with that other person. Maybe she was too scared to come back because of how abusive his father was, but I don't know. Um, well, and he it's seemed hard. like the kind of guy too that would keep Billy, even though he didn't want Billy, but just to hurt her even more. If hurt like, her, even sure. if she did cheat or didn't cheat, like that would have been something I could see him doing. Sure, yeah, that could have come into play if there was like a custody thing that happened or something. You know, he could say, you know, he could he could have just done it out of spite, not even really doing it, you know, caring for Billy or something. But you know, he had it pretty rough, and and I don't I don't believe that you know just because you have a terrible childhood that that excuses any, you know, if you become an asshole, that that doesn't excuse your behavior. So I certainly don't excuse. It explains it a little bit. It's like, oh, well, that's why he was such a jerk in season two. You know, his he's went through all of this. So it kind of explained it, didn't give him a pass on it. Um, but I, you know, he did sacrifice himself. He, he became himself and he 
did his best to keep the mind flare from getting L and taking control of her um, and gave them enough time uh, for them to then turn the keys and close the gate so there was no more mind flare. Um, so he did sacrifice himself. Um, and when he told Max, when Max came over and knelt beside him, you know, she's, she, you know, she's got to be confused. I don't know what their relationship was like from the end of season two into season three. Cause right off in the first episode, you know, he's taken, you know, and yeah. then the kids are all scattered and all of these things are happening. And I'm curious because, you know, she really laid down the law with them in season two. That's true. You know, she drugged him and she, you know, uh, made it like she was going to bust him in the balls with the nail bat and was like, you know, that's enough. You know, I'll, I'm, I'm taking control here and you're going to stop being an asshole to me and my friends. So I'm curious what happened after that? Like what type of relationship did they have? Did they just, you know, cause it, I, I, what was it when she was getting ready for the dance, she's in the bathroom, she's getting all dolled up, fixing her hair and stuff. And then you see Billy kind of walk by and he just, they just kind of give each other a look and he just moves on. Mm -hmm. Like there was like this little bit of understanding. She just looked at him like, I dare you to say something. And of course he doesn't. Um, so I'm curious cause it was like, a it's like a year that went by or something. It seems or at yeah, least was... a year and a half for us, but I'm yeah, curious was right what their like, relationship was like. It was like nine or ten months, I think, in, in TV time. Because, like, it was October-ish in last season, and then this season was July. So it would have been from October to July. Yeah. I, it's hard to forget or hard to remember that in TV time, how long it's been for them. All oh, yeah. I can think about is my pain at having to wait a year <laughs> and a half for the damn show to come back from season two. Anyway, so I'm curious to, if they were able to come to, I, I don't think that they were buddy, buddy. I don't think they became best friends, but I'm wondering if they had just a, you know what? You live your life. You live my life. You stay out of my life. I'll stay out of yours. We're just going to, you know, stay out of each other's hair. Um, well, and she did know she about seemed, his mom though. So maybe he, he started well, opening up with her a little bit. Like, like I'm guessing like maybe like maybe. in the last month or so, maybe like definitely something that didn't happen. Like right as his bruise were, bruises were healing from the fight, but you know, maybe at this point, you know, they're starting to open up and she's starting to kind of almost like help him get through some of the stuff he's been through. Right. Yeah, like I'm real curious. Anyway. I think that she because she really seemed to uh, be really moved and heartbroken. You know, the the sauna test when they had him yeah. locked in the sauna and he kind of comes through and he's begging Max, please help me. Please help me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do the things that I did. And she's crying. I think she was really confused to me. I think it was really confused to cry. And I think that she does in her, in a way care for him, but you know, because he's been a jerk to her probably for as long as what their parents have been together, you know, she's kind of like, gosh, you've been a real jerk to me, but I somehow kind of have like some, you know, sibling feelings towards you. And, you know, she didn't quite know, you know, how to figure that out. And I kind of got that a little bit too there at the end, like the, these confused cries that she had. And when she kneels down beside him and he, all he can utter was sorry. Yeah. Um, that was, um, sorry. I said, I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to suck it up. Um, to me, uh, for me, Billy got his redemption and, um, it just, it makes me sad that he wasn't able to live through that. And, uh, <clears throat> learn from it mm. and go on. But, um, he didn't. And he, yeah, he's a hero. Like you said, <clears throat> do you have anything else you want to say about Billy at this time anyway? No, I think you said it perfectly. Okay. You're number four, please, sir. 
Well, my number four, it's kind of short and sweet, but we get Hop versus the Russian Assassin 3. Fucking uh, Terminator, man. I know. So he's, <laughs> I kind of almost forgot about him, too. Yeah. Uh, and so he comes down the elevator and shows up and he calls him an, um, the American or American. It's the American. The I don't American. believe he says Americans. It's, a- it's American. Oh, he's got um, it out for Hopper, man. Oh, he's yeah. Got, he's looking for him. <laughs> So, you know, they're about to turn the keys. Of course, three, two, one, can't turn the key because the stupid Russian. And he, uh, like, he hauls off and hits Joy super hard. Like, I wasn't expecting it. And that was a, you know, Russians don't care about ladies kind of fighting. This dude is huge. And he just picks Joyce up like she weighs five pounds and slings her. My God. You know, that really set Hopper off, too. Oh, yeah. um, As if he wasn't already pissed. I love the fact that, like, when Hopper's in some of these fights, he put, like, we got Dad Bod Hopper in this season, right? Yes. A little bit fluffy. Dad Bod. (laughs) Dude can still throw down. He's fighting this trained Russian assassin. There's some muscle under there, Sean. There is, yeah. Under the fluff, there's some muscle. <laughs> He's got like that farmer's muscle. It's like you see that farmer. It's a little bit hefty, but it's like you're not going to pick a fight with him because he will knock right. you He's, out. He's stout, man. Exactly. He's built like a shit brick house. But good battle right there by the machine. And you, know, you see Hopper getting close to it. And you're like, oh, like, again, so, you know, you're, you're nervous about it. But what does he do? He's like, grabs the Russian, says, I'll see you in hell, and chucks him into it. Like, fucking right, Hopper. He gets yeah. the third round. KKO killed knockout. Hell yeah, he does. You knew somebody was going to get hurt by that damn machine, right? I mean, oh, you knew yeah. that was coming from the first time we saw it in the first episode in Russia. You knew somebody was going to yeah. get hurt by that damn thing. It's like the fireworks. You see those? Like, yeah, those are getting used. This oh, thing yeah. is going to take somebody's head off. Yep. But it was a good fight to see those guys. It was good to see Hopper get the win there. Uh, unfortunately, we'll probably talk about it, but what happened at the end there. Uh, uh-huh. But it was great to see, again, Hopper kind of coming out you know, on top in this and, you know, saving the day as he's done multiple times. Yeah. Uh, it was a great fight. It, I love that moment. You know, they're, they're kind of knocking each other around in that little control room and then they end up making their way out onto like the catwalk out there where the machine is. And, you know, the Russian guy is really laying into him and Hopper, man, uh, he just gets up, spits the blood out of his mouth <laughs> And just looks at him like, and puts his fist up, and he just kind of nods. At him like, okay, yeah. So the you know what thought it's I had when I saw that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that back up because I forgot and I wrote this down. Like what went through my head was Hopper standing up and be like, I could do this all day, yeah. Because he's Mister Captain America. He is Captain America in this, right? Right. It's the guy that's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but he gets right back up, bloodied. I could do this all day. Yeah, when he gets him kind of pinned back and he sticks his thumb in the gunshot wound yeah. in the Russian, like yeah, take that and then see you in hell. Oh God, love it. He's so good. Um, I love it. Yeah, great fight. Great. I mean, damn, this freaking Russian guy was tough. And Hopper, this was like their. Let's see, they fought at the lab. They yeah, Hopper fought, got his ass kicked at the got lab. Got his ass kicked at the lab. Well, he got he got like uh, kind of sucker punched, you know, out of nowhere. This freaking Russian, and here too, that just freaking sneaks up out of nowhere. He ain't even got a chance to like defend himself. Uh, they fought a little bit again uh, in the uh, gosh at the for- farmhouse. I don't know what it was called, but the uh, the farmhouse oh, yeah, where right. they were underground under the bed in that tunnel system when they got Alexi and took Alexi prisoner. Um, 
fought some there and then again here. He's been on their trail since. So, I mean, Hopper's been taking it every time and he, he did get the best of him, but it was definitely um, a short-lived victory. Yeah. Um, and that leads me into my um, number three, If you unless you yep, have... Go ahead with your number three. You want to say, I don't want to cut you off or... Um, so Hopper, <sighs> I don't know, guys, I don't know how I'm going to be able to talk about this. Like, honestly, I'm <clears throat> got to get my shit together. It's, it's really hard to find a place to start. And, you know, I'm going to try and get through this, um, especially after I just, I don't know why the hell I put like Billy and <laughs> Hopper, right? <laughs> thinking when I put these you know I don't really put these in order they are kind of in an order I my number one is kind of always my number one but everything else is kind of like just like my main talking points they're not really in a specific order but I don't know what the hell I was thinking having Billy and then Hopper because um I guess I'm a fucking sadist I don't know um so as we mentioned he's fighting off the Russian Terminator wipes this guy out sayonara uh, good riddance. He gets trapped because in doing so, when he throws the guy in there and he's chopped up, it somehow busts something in that machine. And there are these funky rays, you know, being thrown about and he finds himself trapped between, you know, okay, there's the freaking gate to the upside down because hello, uh, they're tinkering around with it and the gate is freaking open um, so we have that on one side with nowhere to go, or what appears to be nowhere to go, I'll say that, uh, and these crazy rays from the machine. And when he, you know, Joyce is in there, she's watching this whole thing, she's thinking, okay, I'm going to be ready that when Hopper gets in here, you know, she's got her belt off and she's trying to get this done on her own. And when they realize that that's not going to happen... And he looks at her and has his tear-filled eyes, and he's just watching Joyce, and they make eye contact, and he gives her that little nod. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, that was really hard to watch. And then that look of that look on Joyce's face when she doesn't want to do it, but she knows that she has to. <clears throat> And then the damn thing explodes. You see some Russians get wiped out to dust like we saw in the uh, first episode. And, but, was... There's a big butt there. <laughs> but it's not Hopper's big butt. No. Um, there's some, there's theories. I have not read all of them. I really haven't. It was... After watching this, I just had to kind of sit on, like when I watched it immediately after we recorded last week, <clears throat> um, I just had to kind of sit on it and, and not think about it because it was too emotional for me. Uh, so I read, didn't read some stuff until later. So I haven't read all the theories out there. I'm sure there are a lot. I'm not entirely convinced he's gone. I've and I, My number one, I have a pretty big what I think happened here. Okay. Well, uh, we can save it if you want. If you want to uh, save it's, it, it's, it's kind of my theory. It's uh, fine. But yeah, we'll save it to my number one. We'll save it because I'm gonna, t I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna elaborate a little bit more um, as we get into it because, whoops, and there goes my thing. Um, I, because I, yeah, I, I have, 
I have my own kind of theory, but as I'm as I'm saying, I'm not entirely convinced as Joyce turns the keys, we get a look. Now, this could be all just the way things were edited, you know. I feel like they've done a really you know, they they kept things pretty tight as far as editing and flow and everything else. So this could just be a little, one little thing that they overlooked, but I swear after she turned the key and it started wiping everyone out, when it jumps back to the view from the other side of like the catwalk, Hopper's not standing there anymore. No, yeah. I, and I think they made a pretty conscious decision to show the Russians get vaporized. Right. If, if that's what happened to Hop, in my opinion, we would have saw that. Like, I don't think right. they're like, well, the audience can't handle this. Mm-hmm. That's that, and I, I noticed the same thing. Like, it's like when that key gets turned and you see the vaporizing, Hop's not there right before it happens. Exactly. And, and, and I know we're going to go more into this, so I don't want to go too deep or anything. But for me, comic book rule if you don't see him die and you don't have a dead body, they're not dead. Yep. That's exactly I'm just, true. I'm going to leave it there. We're going to talk more about it, but I just wanted to acknowledge the whole scene with Hopper. Um, there was so much more, you know, the beautiful scene he and Joyce had prior, you know, when they... They set their date, and it's an actual date. date. A like, legit date. Yeah. They come to an understanding, um, had that beautiful moment. He has that beautiful moment with Elle when they're still in the top surface of the mall, when they all finally came together. Um, the only thing that, and it might have been too corny, but I think it would have been fitting, is if, as Hopper was sit, standing there on the other side and she's getting ready to turn, if, and it, it wouldn't, it, it'd be, it'd be a slight reference, but it'd be more of a reference because we know it, not, yeah. it wouldn't be done the same way, but if he kind of mouthed, I love you to her, yeah. and before she turns the keys, teary-eyed, she's kind of like saying, I know. Mm. Because they both know, right? Like, they both know that they love each other. Even if it's not a relationship love, even though I think that's what it's turning into, there's definitely an actual love there. There is a love, a a genuine love and respect. Um, You know, there was some tension with them to this season. Hopper, you know, I I expressed, you know, seeing a little bit of a different Hopper this season. He was very angry and he was very contentious with Joyce, you know, this season. And, you know, uh, so some of it was kind of hard, but, you know, I I love Hopper and I just try to stay with him and think he's just got some things going on. And we know he was hurting from finding out Joyce, you know, was going to be moving. She hadn't told him. He's having some, you know, we understand later, you know, he's, you know, Elle's growing up. I think he's kind of struggling with that. As a parent, you know, that really, you know, you're going to experience that your little boy. He's still very little, but you're going to see as he continues to grow and hit hit all of these different milestones. And as he grows and grows and gets more independent and things, and I've experienced it as well. Yeah, Yeah, it's. It does, and seriously, enjoy every moment. It's it's really hard. My kid has grown. I've I've been through. I'm. St- I feel like I still go through it to some extent. I feel like there's always something new that kind of comes along. But you know, I've been through the toddler years and kids and or the kid years and then middle school, high school, college, and um, from a parent's perspective, you know that it's hard. It's kind of like growing pains. You think kids have growing pains, and they do. You have growing pains as an adult, as an a parent, yeah. as a parent. It's like fuck. I'm going through this stuff too. Sorry, I'm really throwing around the curse words tonight. But um, 
so I get that. So I think that that's probably a lot of what was going on with Hopper. I think a lot of a lot of his emotions and how he was kind of acting out and acting angry is he he doesn't quite know how to deal with everything. So he's kind of acting out, and it's not an adult way to behave. I get that. I'm not trying to excuse it, but um, I think that because Hopper, that's just kind of how he is, and he's never really learned how to deal with his emotions. That this is how he deals with his emotions. So quite a moment. Um, even though, like I said, I don't quite believe what we're supposed to believe. Um, I'm still like definitely mourning for him, um, as everyone in Hawkins and his family and friends all mourn for him. At this moment, he's not the chief. He is gone in this moment, and um, I, I'm still mourning for him. And it was a very, very difficult uh, scene for me. So that is... Um, <clears throat> It's my number three. Did you have anything to add, or do you want to go straight to your number three? Uh, I'll go to my number three. I think I have some more stuff to add maybe a little bit later, but and my right. number three ties in a little bit to kind of the, the talk you had with the, the parent side of it. And and really it's kind of with the, with Billy, Joyce, and Hop, and it's really this is just kind of a tale of children and their and their parents and, the, like, relationships from that. Because, you know, you see Billy, like, what stopped him from going full into what he was doing? It was, you know, remembering his mother that he loved. Yeah. Joyce, the moment she had with her kids, you know, why did she go down into the the thing is because, she, you know, it was a two man job and she knew that she had to do this to save her kid because she didn't want Will to go through any of that stuff again. Yeah. And then Hop. Why is Hop doing this? The line when he's talking to Elle, like, just broke my heart when they're sitting there because he's like, she says something like, I can go, I can fight. And he's like, better than any of us. I know. But oh, like, God. he's like, I can't put you through that. Like, I need you to be safe. And. You know, I, I don't know if he knew he was going to die on this mission. I'm sure he probably had an idea that it was, like, not, like, didn't look good for him. I think that's yeah. why he didn't want Joyce to go either, because he was pretty upset about Joyce going. But I feel like this was, I mean, this show's done a great job of making you feel nostalgic. Because, I mean, most people that are watching this that feel super nostalgic are probably like in their, you know, mid to late 30s, you know, early 40s. You know, they've lived in the 80s, and, you know, they grew up as these kids age in the 80s. And, you know, they, they play on that really like you can identify with these kids. And what did they do at the end of this episode? Now, as you know, most people those age, now you identify with the parents. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, these kids are growing up. You know, they're trying to protect them. And that's what, that, that was one of the parts that hit me pretty hard because it's like, you know, like as most parents would do anything to protect their kids. And that's what you see with Hop doing this stuff, with Joyce doing this stuff. And even to an extent, like what saved Billy was his mom, even though she wasn't there. And so I think I thought it was a great thing to kind of point out here is the the relationship that they kind of shows. This was really a story about, you know, a parents and kids growing up and, you know, the, the stuff that goes through it, you know, parents protecting their kids. And, you know, I thought the, this episode just did a great job of kind of illustrating a lot of that. And, you know, it's it's one of those like they, they put you on a roller coaster with this. Like you felt like you had your emotions in check. And like, oh, well, here's a boy and his mom. And you're like, oh, okay, I can fight back these tears. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, here's a dad and his daughter. And, you know, I, you know, I definitely felt like I could relate to, to Hopper because, you know, it's a dad and a, a child kind of thing. Like, I don't have a daughter. I have a son. But, yep. you know, it's still those same kind of, you know, feelings to him. And I imagine mm -hmm. if, like, you could just relate just that much more, like, if, if, like, I had a daughter instead of a son, like, I'm sure I would be bawling my eyes out even more than I was because it's like, that's just like my little girl. And <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, I watch Stranger Things. Yes. But, you know, it's, I know, uh, 
I don't, I'm sure I would still get the same feelings even if I wasn't a parent because I mean you still like you can still relate to Elle in that situation as a kid, but uh, it definitely kind of touched on lots of feels for sure. But what do you what do you think about Heck that? Yeah, that's some really good points, and you don't have to be a parent to really connect with that because even if you're not a parent, well, you were a kid once, yeah, you know, and you had parents or a parent if you were in a single uh, parent household like I was for a really long time. Uh, so either way. And maybe both ways you're going to be able to relate, I think, and it really hit you in the feels. Uh, I think that if the scene with Billy and the scene with Hopper didn't get you, then you're freaking dead inside. And check your freaking pulse is all I'm going to say. And there were some really great moments because, you know, Hopper wasn't just he was definitely protecting Elle. He wanted her out of there. It's like he said, this thing is after you, not me. Um but he was protecting everyone, you know, when, you know, Eric is like, you know, oh, we'll go with you, we'll help you, or we'll do this or that. And he's just like, no, no. Clearly, he wasn't on board for Operation Child Endangerment. Yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. know, he was, <laughs> he's like, no. And he's willing, you know, he was a hero, too. He went out a hero like Billy. And um, the, it's just so natural for him is what what makes him so amazing and you know the moments that the parents had with their kids um was truly amazing and very emotional um and even the fun little episode with murray and erica um who is this four-year-old or why is this four-year-old talking to me (laughs) oh man murray in this episode was hilarious i hate children i hate children what was that bald eagle Bald oh eagle goodness. flying right. <laughs> so good. Um, I, I mean, the other thing I kind of, I, I don't know, Hops, I think, in real life is a little bit older than me, but I mean, I feel like he could be in my age range of like that 33 to 35 range, you know? And it's it's just what gets to me is like a lot of times, like when you're that age, when you're a kid's age, I think you look at adults and like they got their shit together, right? Like they know what they're doing. They're going yeah. through this life. And, you know, watching this at my age and knowing, like, no, adults are just big kids. That is all they are. Big kids with bills. And that's kind of what you see here with this. It's like, you know, Hopper doesn't know what he's doing all the way. He just knows that I'm not going to put these kids in danger. And uh, I think that's something else I can definitely relate to. And, you know, we'll get to it later. But his letter, like, I got it pulled up and I keep trying to read it. I can't get past, like, the first half paragraph without wanting to cry just because... That's, I mean, that's something that um, I think I talked about it maybe when we uh, reviewed Ready Player One, but mm-hmm. like I bought that book and like I'm I'm kind of a sucker for writing like long form like vomiting my thoughts on paper. Like yeah. my sister says I write the best birthday cards because it's basically a whole card just of different like thoughts and stuff like that that you usually don't say in person, but you just want to say. And so like I got that book for my son and I wrote like basically like on four or five pages of it, just kind of a diatribe. And one thing Aww, also... Oh, Sean, that's so sweet. That's and it's easy, have forever. Yeah, it's easier to do that too than like... The, I, mean, I try to talk to him a lot more than probably like most parents just because I know I just like to make sure people know how I feel. But the other thing, if, if you get a chance to do this um, and you have kids before they are old enough to get them their own email address and yeah. write them emails. Write them letters. Yep, we've been yeah. doing that for for my son, and I, like about every other month, I'll write him a pretty just decent paragraph of like what happened, what my thoughts were, just just so they can have that forever. It's just you know, I always wonder like what, what my parents thought when they when I was my when I was his age, and 
Um, kind of rambling there, but yeah, I feel like this would come right off of like just a, a letter that a parent just kind of throwing their feelings that they can't really express in, in person on paper. And um, yeah, we'll get to that. That's, that we might have to pause for a bit. We might have to pause and take a break <laughs> for that. I feel like we, you know, Sean, you and I are pretty close. We are really great friends, but I feel like um, this might bond us a little bit more. I think we're going to cry together. On Probably. <laughs> If all it's going to take is it's kind of like it's like the episode of a, a family guy where they put like his hand on it's like do, or Brian it's not your fault don't do it man Brian yep. it's not your fault it's going to yep. be one of us starting to read the it letter is. it's going to be like there's something I've been no don't. don't there's something oh god yeah we're going to go there I think we're going to cry together and we're going to if it's if it's any more possible it's going to make us even uh, closer it's going to make oh. our brother sister relationship even closer <laughs> I'll finish this up. My eyes will be all red. It's like, did you and Rima break up? <laughs> I know. Did you and Sean have a fight? <laughs> but, but yeah, that's my dogs my num- are going to look at me. <laughs> did you and Sean fight, uh, Mom? <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that's my number three is just kind of the Billy Joyce Hopper kind of just the, the whole parenting piece of this episode. That's that's great. We've we've definitely kind of flipped. You know, you started off our number five, um, and you let me take the lead on the last one. Um, and we're I'm I'm going to be hitting on my number two. Do you want me to keep going, or do you want to go first? Uh, and take yeah, back you can the go lead? ahead and go through number two if you want. That's fine. All right. Well, want to talk a little bit about. Um, so we've we've gotten to the end. Everyone at the end has like joined up and finding each other, and. We fast forward to three months later. Oh, yep. This is my number two. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we can just we can just collaborate uh, about it. But it's kind of short and sweet because it kind of just speaks for itself, right? So, you know, Dr. Owens comes in at the end a little bit too late. Thank you very yeah, much, yeah. my friend. You know, where were you uh, a few hours ago or whatever, even sooner than that, I guess. Um, so clearly they're they're coming in to help figure out what the hell's going on and bust some Russian ass and also cover up what's been going on. They can't, can't tell people there was a mind flare in the mall. So they covered up and it becomes a fire, which there probably was a fire. Yeah. (laughs) It probably was a fire going on with all of those fireworks happening. Um, but we see the mayor is in trouble. No, yeah. Somebody has, you know, spilled the beans on his um, goings on and he's in trouble. We find out the buyers are they've decided to move forward with their plans to move out of Hawkins. And Elle um, is with them. She's part of the the buyers clan now, um, which I thought was touching because, you know, her and Joyce always had a really great, strong relationship. You know, we saw uh, some of that in season one. Uh, where Joyce, you know, is she's such a great mom, and not just to her own boys, but all of the kids. And when she, you know she meets Elle, and you know finds out about Elle, how she's basically been a lab rat, and how she's been raised, and just hasn't had a childhood, and she just really swept in and you know protected her and you know she's like i'm here for you and it's okay and i'm you know i'm gonna love you and i don't even know you but this is what i'm gonna do because you need it um she's always been there i think in a way for her so it was just kind of fitting i think that um you know she she moves in with will um and and um the rest of them but they've decided to move and they're packing up 
they're all making their promises, you know, to meet up for the holidays. Um, Erica has accepted her nerddom. That yeah. was super, some, super cool. Get some hand-me-down D&D books. Got some D&D, and it seems like she's, you know, accepting it and embracing it, and I love that. Uh, we got some new jobs happening at the video store. We got Keith. Family video. That is a very... Yeah. Is that, so, family video, is that just Midwest? I, I, I don't mean, know... I don't know if it's just the Midwest. I, I I mean, I haven't, I don't know that if I've seen family video outside of this area, but we do have them here. We still have, <laughs> have one where here? I'm from. Yeah, yeah, we have one where I'm still from. It's the only video rental place in that town. There are two um, within 20 minutes of me. There's one this way, about 15, 20 minutes away, and there's another one about 15, 20 minutes nice. away. And yeah, they're, they're the only places that I know of uh, that still rent videos. I don't know how they're still in business. To be honest, you know, but so I know a lot of people are like nobody does that. Blockbusters didn't shut down because they were doing bad. Blockbusters shut down. This is what I've always heard because the company that owned them, which I think is like Directv or something like that, like their mother company or whatever, yeah. just didn't want to deal with them anymore. Oh. But they were still making money, from what That's I've heard. Crazy. I mean, I have. You know, honestly, it wasn't that long ago that I went to Family Video, but it wasn't so much for the movies. It was um, the video pornos, games. Yeah. Oh, video games? What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) This is family video, Sean. (laughs) Keyword being family. As far as I know, they didn't have porn or a a, a sketchy room. Well, your family video is doing it wrong because our family video has this little curtain you can pull and it's all kinds of dirty movies. Yeah, but they're bad ones. They're like, you know. Oh, are they sketchy family videos? No, not. Well, they're not. The pornos aren't sketchy, but they're like very tame pornos. Oh, I well, if mine have that, I don't know. I don't. That's what the internet's for, Sean. We don't need no family video for that. <laughs> well, not Do anymore. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what the internet it is for. Um, it, well, <laughs> that's a whole different kind of horror in the heartland. <laughs> yeah. Family videos we're and not, porn. We're not going there, man. We we ain't got no time for that. Um, but you know, my kid loved, just absolutely obsessed with video games, and you know, you didn't want to buy them all the time, but you could go to like family video and rent them for like seven days or something. So like during yeah. the summers, I would take her and get her a couple video games, you know, that she could play or that we could both play if I had the time uh, to play too. I haven't had as much time in those years when we were still still going, but yeah, we got a couple family videos, so. Robin and Steve are hoping to get some new jobs. Hey, the, you know, no more scoops ahoy, right? Because the mall shut down. Yeah. And Keith from the arcade is heading up uh, the video store, and he likes Robin and not so much Steve, but she is somehow able to try and convince him, like, hey, he's going to bring in all the chicks. Um, ladies. So, ladies in droves. And what's hilarious is that, like, she's acting like this is going to somehow benefit Keith, but I'm thinking she's probably hoping it benefits herself yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, hey, Steve, bring in the chicks, and, you know, she can, you know, benefit from that as well. But what one little thing that got me, though, in this scene, no one in 1985 called Star Wars A New Hope. No one. Because, well, no. Mm, did they? Because I know when it first came out, it was called Star Wars. Yes. It wasn't called A New Hope until the other three came out later. Phantom Menace, Clone Oh, Wars. really? Okay. They didn't call it A New Hope until those movies came out. So it was always a, it was always Star Wars until Star then. Wars. Okay. Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, was... the guys I game with always talk about like Star Wars was just Star Wars. Yeah. 
this yeah no one in 1985 called star wars a new hope so i kind of was like all right duffer brothers <laughs> you guys have done a fantastic job with the clothes the hair the music the ambiance uh everything to do with the 80s i i can't argue with this I'm holding on to, and I'm arguing, I need somebody to back me up on this. Please write in. Um, moving on. So we go back to the kids. Uh, this was a very emotional um, scene. Our kids are breaking up, man. Yeah, that was tough. Like, I wasn't expecting to see, like, the, the tear works from them, but that was, Mm-mm. I mean, it, would, it makes sense. The, the line that got me the most in this is when Will was packing up his D&D books. Yeah. And Mike was like, well, what happens if, you know, you, you go and you want to join another party? He's like, not possible. It's oh, like, he, oh. I know. He's staying devoted to his, his you know, one true fellas and his one true gang. And that was super sweet. But that scene, it was it was hard because, you know, we the kids were kind of broken up anyway. We had all of our little separate groups anyway, which I, I, I understand why they did that. Um, and why it was important for everyone to kind of be split up this season. And it made sense and it worked. Um, and they were only all together for a very short time. And then here they are at the very end leaving again. And it was it was hard because just watching these kids that we love so much and have gotten to know over these three seasons. But it really hit a personal note with me as well. Whenever I was uh, 13 and uh in the eighth grade like the very beginning like the first or second week of school like the worst time to move right i mean typically you do it during a break or something mine happened to fall right after school had started i was like one to two weeks into my eighth grade year and i had Mm. to move and this i've talked about many times this teeny tiny small town that i uh lived in i went to school with the same group of kids from kindergarten till the time that i moved at this time in eighth grade A, a classroom size of 25 kids that's that was our entire kindergarten class from kindergarten till the time that I moved and so I went to school with these kids this is the only group of kids that I've ever known and ever went to school with and I had to move away from them and this was uh. before yeah this this was terrible um so this is before internet before Facebook you know before Skype before cell phones texting and everything so when you moved it was like the world was really ending and so this scene was like me saying goodbye to all of my friends and promising that you're going to visit and I'll have my mom drop me off for the weekend and you know we'll still hang out and or we'll come in for the holidays and I wasn't moving that far away, but without internet, you know, the internet's really made the world a really small place. You know, you can have friends all over the world and yeah, definitely contact, now, but yeah. yeah, so many means. But before internet and all that you had was like a landline, you know, and then I couldn't drive. So it's not like I could just hop in a car and drive, uh, you know, to see my friends whenever I wanted or anything like that and hang out. I was, you know, restricted. Um, so that scene really, really hit me hard. It took me right back to 13 <laughs> saying goodbye to my entire class. And ever all of us were just crying, crying so much because even though we promised that we were going to stay in touch and see each other, uh, we knew that it was goodbye. And that's what really makes me fearful is how are we going to move on from here? How is this, you know, I've checked the news. I haven't seen anything formally announced for season four, although I think it's probably pretty safe to say there will be a season four. I would think so. I mean, it'd be yeah. pretty stupid um, for Netflix not to continue on and let the Duffer brothers continue to tell the story wherever it goes from here. But I'm curious 
how, what, how this is going to continue without our kids, how, what's going to bring them back together. But really hit home. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this might be forever guys. You say you're going to visit and you're not going to visit. Something's going to come <laughs> up and it's not going to happen. It's just not. Cause I'm like projecting my, <laughs> my experience on these kids. And it was terrible. Um, you're like Billy Madison's like, don't ever grow up. High school's awful. It is man. It was, it was, it was, a terrible experience, which I will not go into here because it was just, it was just terrible. So we have all of these things happening. Things have changed. Hawkins has changed. Um, and maybe that's why Joyce is moving. I was kind of curious. I was like, well, why does she go ahead and make the decision to that's move? That's what I was kind of curious about too. You know, I mean, we saw that her store, I know it wasn't her store, but the store that she worked at was in trouble because of the mall. Lots of businesses no were in now, trouble, so. but there's no mall, but maybe it's just, maybe nobody wants to, freaking come to hawkins maybe Maybe. there are other people leaving hawkins like we're getting the hell out of here this place is cursed um i'm kind of curious why jonathan's still left though if him and nancy are so close because he's 18 at this point so yeah well maybe he's just wanting to help his mom i mean he's 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 definitely devoted as much as what he is his and Nancy's relationship I know is important to him. He's also very devoted to his mother and will. And I think he probably knows that his mom's going to need him. Um, especially with their loss, you know, they've lost Hopper. Um, L has lost Hopper as well. Um, that he's probably doing it for them is, is my guess. Um, and while they're packing and moving, um, Joyce finds Hopper's letter. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it. So if you need some tissue too, I know I'm going to have to steal myself. So we we're, we go back to when Hopper was supposed to be writing that letter for his heart to heart. And it starts out a lot like how, you know, he and Joyce were working it out and it sounds really familiar. And then he just kind of stops and he's like, then we get the, you know, the hopper, the real hopper coming out. And um, I don't know. I've got it here. I don't know. I'm if looking can, at it too. Are you looking at it? Do yeah. you think we can get through it? We're going to read it. We're going to, we're going to get through it. She, she finds this letter. She gives it to L, which I think was, was great. I think L needed to hear it. Yeah. So do you want to read it or you want me to read it? I'll read it. And if I if I stumble, you jump in if you if you've got it in front of you. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna jump in where he starts in with his part and he says feelings. Jesus. The truth is for so long I'd forgotten what those even were. I've been stuck in one place, in a cave you might say. A deep, dark cave. And then I left some egos out in the woods and you came into my life and for the first time in a long time I started to feel things again. I started to feel happy. But lately I guess I've been feeling distant from you. Like you're pulling away from me or something. I miss playing board games every night, making triple-decker ego extravagances at sunrise, watching westerns together before we doze off. But I know you're getting older, growing, changing, and I guess if I'm being really honest, that's what scares me. I don't want things to change, so I think maybe that's why I came in here, to try to maybe stop that change, to turn back the clock, to make things go back to how they were. But I know that's naive. It's just not how life works. It's moving, always moving, whether you like it or not. And yeah, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's sad. And sometimes it's surprising, happy. So you know what? Keep on growing up, kid. Don't let me stop you. 
make mistakes, learn from them. And when life hurts you, because it will, remember the hurt. The hurt is good. It means you're out of that cave. But please, if you don't mind, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open three inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that says a lot about, you know, Hopper's a guy who, you know, he had a daughter who didn't, you know, she passed away at a really young age. Here he is. He's starting to get, you know, eight to nine months of normalcy. And, you know, his daughter, and that's what I loved about this when he talked about, he called himself dad. I think uh, He did. And, you know, it's... Official. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's a thing with kids. I mean, like, they grow up so quick and you turn around and then they don't need you to put on their shoes anymore. Then they don't need you to you know, watch over them when they're running around the house all the time. And then, you know, they're going to be going off this actual school school and then they're going to have sleepovers and they're going to be, you know, driving and doing all these crazy things. And, you know, you, you know, we say all the time with our kids, like stop growing up because it's just, it's happened so quick. And, you know, Hopper yeah. is kind of makes that realization here. And I mean, it's just like what he says in that last line, he's like, I don't want, I don't want you to stop growing up. I want you to you know, learn from life and, and grow. And, you know, it, I mean, this is really just a big love letter to, to L. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, like you go from like the first paragraph is talking about kind of like her. Cause I mean, when she first came into his life, she was very much kind of very childlike, you know, she didn't know yeah. what a lot of things were. So, you know, triple decker ego extravaganzas at sunrise, like that's something you do with your kid. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's starting to figure out, oh, like, I, you know, I like Mike, and I'm actually kind I of like figuring out, okay, and, yeah, yeah, I'm actually this 13-year-old kid, you know, so, okay, I'm starting to figure this out, and, you know, I think she probably grew up a lot quicker than Hopper did with it, because, you know, it just happened so quick, and, you know, it's, oh, it's just... There was a lot of growing pains in the season, because I think it's kind of a reminder of, like, things that happen throughout the season when you have you know, Will was really struggling. He's kind of stuck in the past a little bit and, and, you yeah. know, and you no, can't fault him point. for it. You know, we've talked about it, you know, um, so I won't beat it to death, but you know, he's kind of stuck in the past a little bit. He's kind of struggling a little bit. His friends are moving forward and, um, you know, they're all growing and exploring new things and growing up and doing more, uh, grown up things and exploring relationships and, um, you know, not playing their games as much anymore. And so you see that the struggles with that and the struggles the parents are having, you know, with their seeing their kids growing up, it was really hard. Like I said, I saw a lot of this from both sides. I saw a lot of it, you know, from the kids' perspectives from being at that age myself way back in the day, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure that probably touched a lot for you too, kind of, you know, um, the growing pains and in, in the different, you know, how you grow a little bit differently from, from your friends, you know, it all kind of, you know, y'all don't grow together sometimes, sometimes, you know, some grow faster than others and you're stuck behind or, you know, your, your friends are stuck behind or they're all, you know, everybody starts to split apart. Um, but then you also see it from the parents' perspective, you know, where you do see your kids starting to grow up and they don't need you as much or things are changing and, you know, you want them to, to just stay a kid and, you know, they don't. And, uh, it's, it's hard. So that letter was like a letter, I think, for not just to Elle, but I think it was for everyone. And um, talking about, you know, how, you know, it's not how life works, you know, to make things go back to how they were, that it's moving and it's always moving. And it's painful and it's sad and it's surprising. Um, but you remember the hurt 
and you know you go on and it's it's like that's why it was you know even though I have this faith that Hopper's not gone it was kind of like this this letter was almost like you know yeah changes man it's if he's really gone it's like this letter was like telling us that it's gonna hurt that's kind of part of life and you got to move on and and so this this letter had for me had so many meanings and it just I felt so beat up after watching this so many emotions um it was really difficult did you have um I don't know if I can talk anymore about it I think I've said about yeah, all I can manage the, to get out. You know, getting him, you know, and Hopper, uh, he, he's got a great way of delivering, um, you know, J David Harbour does. Like, I think he's got, like, the voice that you would love here narrating things. And yeah, the way this was, like, delivered was, you know, really amazing. I thought it was, like, it just definitely hits you in the feels. And then they had to play that damn song. Oh, my God. We Could Be Heroes song, which whenever I hear that, like, they played that, I think it was episode three when they they thought they found Will's body. Yeah, and like I just like it just that song like when it plays like I just it it's like just instant emotions for me. But yeah, but you yeah, said I thought it. The whole three month like move forward was was very touching. You you see them all move away. The one thing I felt like I noticed here more, all the kids seemed a lot older in yeah. this specific set of scenes than it did. Even the pre, even the like the first half of this episode. Yeah, you're so right. I, I'm thinking they waited the, to film this um, towards the end of the the show or towards the end of the set. Maybe even they waited a little bit longer because, yeah, the kids all seem. I mean, like when I mean, you see kids, like after a three months, there's usually pretty big growth spurts around this age. So oh, definitely. And so I thought I don't know if that was done purposely or not, but it definitely did kind of like you definitely felt like they had aged, and now they're they're moving on to their next thing and it wasn't i don't think just so much like a physical growth they had an emotional growth yeah it was almost like you know like they were going through some of these things for real like it wasn't just filming a tv show and they're just acting all of this they actually look like they had an emotional maturity about them now you know coming to the end and maybe they did i know that you know, TV shows are so often kind of shot out of order and episodes and scenes and things like that are shot out of order. So I don't know when they shot this and if it was saved till the end. Um, but it would be interesting to know if they had shot, you know, this three months after and they're all like having these goodbyes and they're all really emotional um, because they really played it well. I mean, you see, you know, Will's in the background, he's crying and yeah. he's not even, I mean, he's doing it while he's hugging people, but he's even just standing in the background watching L tell people goodbye and he's just standing back there just crying and i'm thinking i know will i'm right there with you buddy um <laughs> but why are you writing me <laughs> off the show i know um but it's uh, you know i'd be curious to see if this was kind of like one of their final shots um if, you if, know before if, they finished wrapping the entire series right and they're all you know sad to see each other go because they're all gonna go off and you know they won't see each other again until they're filming season four which fingers crossed is yes we're going to get an announcement for and it is going to be filming hopefully soon but um you know uh it would be interesting just to find that out i'll have to see if i can find out any information on that um but yeah they, they there was definitely a physical maturity but i think an emotional maturity along with them too that wasn't present before definitely agree yeah it was uh, it was emotional for sure man oh 
Yeah, um, I'm trying to rehydrate. I've I've shed so many tears. I'm dehydrated for sure. Um well that was that was my number two, the three months later. And was that also your number two? Yep. My number two is also three months later. Like the only thing I really had to add was like I said, where they look like they grew up a little bit. And yeah, you're right. Um, the only thing I, I kind of kept looking for, but I'm really curious about like when that door closed, they sat in that room a little bit long when Joy shut the door, which yeah. could just be kind of a sinuating, you know, moving to the next thing. But I was kind of looking for some little bitty hint. I never found one of like <laughs> something more. But, um, well, uh, I'll go ahead and throw my number one out there if you don't yeah. mind. No, um, I don't. Let's hear it. Because it kind of ties to Hop's letter. Okay. And I'm curious what you think when he says, for the sake of your poor old dad, keep the door open three inches. Mm-hmm. Now, it's easy to infer that it is the door to her bedroom. But when I heard that, I kind of had the thought of, oh, my God, that's probably three inches of the door to the upside down. <laughs> now that thought hit my head kept it there and the next bit that kind of says like mm, what's going on here so at the end credits obviously if anybody kept watching they had a little bit of a extra credit scene should we should we preface that a little bit that it could be if you haven't because i think oh, i posted something before that uh like a long time ago someone told me to watch i thought it was or that and i thought i posted it but, but yeah, if, just if in case if you haven't the credits, watched yeah the end credits or the mid credits stop pause go watch and come back okay all right now Continue. that you're back <laughs> so the end credits you see him walking you hear somebody talking in russian and they go to open a door and the mm-hmm. guy says no not the american mhm so who who have they been calling the american throughout this whole series this whole season Yes. A one Jim Hopper, who we did not see get disposed of. So I'm wondering if that the three inches on the door that were kept open uh, led him into the upside down or let him, you know, somehow getting. Basically, what I'm saying is I feel like he's probably the one that got captured. It's either him or Murray. It's got to be one of those two guys (laughs) because we didn't see Murray at the end either. Right. Um, That's my conspiracy theory, I guess, a little bit. But um, but yeah, I thought that was. I felt like that was kind of very hinted on, you know, it was like, you know, first time we heard it was here, you know, besides him saying it earlier in the season, but you know, it was just the person that would have the ability to do that was her. And that's who he's begging to, you know, for sake of your poor old dad, the sake of his life, the sake of his sanity, the sake of everything, keep Mm -hmm. that door open three inches. I don't know. What do you think? Is that, did you have any other kind of feelings like that too? Or am I, am I out in left field? I do not think you're in left field. I can't help but feel, I don't know, because I I feel like I'm wrong all the damn time. I speculate and I speculate. You know me and my crazy conspiracy theories. I think I'm rubbing off on you a little bit. Um, (laughs) Got your own conspiracy theory, so I like it. But I feel like it was brought up so much over the the series, or the season anyway, the season three with the, the keeping the door open. And then again, in his letter, it you can't help but make that connection that when you see the door at the end, the gate, sorry, um, when Dr. Owens is there, the crack had this orange glow and the keep the door open three inches for me becomes some super sweet foreshadowing, you know, in a way. And so did Hopper somehow make it through the gate 
Through the upside down? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. The Russians Um, find him on their side of the upside down? Were they able to open it? That's what I'm feeling. Because all all the Russians were gone, too. All the Russians were gone. There was no Russians in there. Yeah, the yeah they had they had had like skedaddled pretty quickly uh, when Doctor Owen and his whoever hadn't been in that room and and blown to dust, um, you know by then uh, were gone and Hop was gone and I don't believe because damn it when the in the first episode when those Russians got blown up in in, in Russia when they're trying to do their own uh, you know opening of the the, the gate to the upside down and they got blown away there were puddles of goo on on the floor they were oh yeah it's true blown they were kind of blown to dust but there was like goo on the floor and they were stepping over them and it was pretty gross um you didn't see a puddle of hopper up on the catwalk there he wasn't i don't think he was there so i think that is a possibility however the one thing that i do struggle with just a little bit is we know that the upside down is not very friendly to non-psychics you know he and joyce had to wear like um like they were like hazmat suits or something whenever they went into the upside down when they went to go find will in season one when they were in those tunnels underground remember how those underground tunnels were forming under hawkins last season and it was like kind of like the upside down was seeping through those tunnels you know they didn't fare so well down there either so I'm not completely opposed, but I'm just challenging it a little bit because I I also wonder there was a ladder that was right close to him at the end of the catwalk. And I wonder if, you know, he gives Joyce the nod, he turns and runs and gets down that ladder and somehow because like you said the russians are gone did he get hurt and maybe the russians found him and dragged him with them maybe, wherever they yeah. escaped to did he find the same did he follow them along with wherever they were maybe they had an escape hatch i feel like the russians were pretty smart in the building of this thing and they might have had some sort of contingency like here's our emergency exit plan here's our if we get found out if we have to get the hell out of here in a hurry or in case of disaster if this machine does because i think they all know that this is a pretty sensitive machine if all hell's breaking loose and we got to get out of here in a hurry here's our escape hatch um you know and that's i think where they were all headed and that's how they there were no russians to be found whenever dr owens and, and the military all show up so i wonder if he got out with them was taken prisoner and 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 that could be a possibility but then i'm also wondering if it's too obvious that hopper is the one in that prison and is it dr brenner because we know mm. he's st- he's still alive yeah somewhere that's true yeah that could be the other one he could be I helping him out because I don't think Hopper's dead. I, I don't i don't think i think I, I don't think we've seen the end and i'm just gonna this tiny little you know trinket of hope i'm gonna hold on to even though i'm super sad and i'm still mourning him um i think it would be too obvious that that's him but you're right they you know they kept calling him the american the american the american all through throughout and i think it i think they probably did it on purpose to to make us think that but i think it would almost be too obvious if it was so i don't know i don't know if it's hopper i don't know if it's dr brenner did he get out? How did he get out? Was it the upside down? Was it through some contingency plan um, escape hatch that the Russians had as a safety net if they got, you know, shit hit the fan and they had to get out? 
I like Maybe I there's like a, I like all a those basement thoughts. under the basement. Yeah, right. There's another little tunnel. I think there's a tunnel under the tunnel with another <laughs> elevator or some of those uh, little they're not golf carts. I don't know what you call those things. The things that uh, like when Murray and and Hopper and Joyce are in that little red cart. And then, you know, Destin and Steve and Robin and Erica were in one, too. They're driving those little carts down the tunnels. I don't know what those are called. I'm just going to call it a little Russian cart. Um, you know, maybe there's a whole bunch of those lined up somewhere down a hallway, and they're all just jumping in those, you know, like NASCAR and just going and going and going. Um, I don't know. But I have hope. That's what I'll say. Um because that's actually my number one, too. So I'm just looking through what else I had to say about that. Yeah, the gate didn't look completely closed, but... Yeah, and he kind of looked back at it, and that's kind of the little thought I had with it. He's kind of like, that That might be my only option is to go there. Yeah, I, I think he got out somehow, but I just, I don't, I'm not 100% sure that it's him. But we know there is at least an American there, and he's spared for the moment, and they grab this other poor Russian guy, and they drag him down... The, these long flights of steps and throw him in this cage and lock the door. It looks like there's blood on the floor or something. And the poor guy's like, you know, uh, scared, confused, begging for his life. And then this little uh, dumbwaiter door opens and hello, gorgeous. But here comes a demigorgon, yeah, an original demigorgon. Good old demigorgon. Um, so that's interesting, right? So we know, or we think we know, the the gate had to have been closed when they turned the keys and we see the gate closing because the mind flayer died, right? So where did this demigorgon come from? Did they trap it? Did they manage to get it before the gate closed? But then why is it alive? Because if the gate is being, if the gate's closed, the demigorgon shouldn't be alive either. So do we think that this three months later is given the Russians, they've learned from what happened over here in America and Hawkins. So they're like, oh, here's what we learned and here's what we did wrong here. We're going to fix it in Russia. We've reopened the gate and now we got a, a, a pretty fresh new demigorgon. Um, because it, it has to be open. That. A hungry demogorgon. Hey, you got to feed the thing. It gets angry. Um, but it has to be reopened. It wouldn't be alive if the gate wasn't open again, right? That's so, true. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely setting us up for next season. Definitely setting us up. Um, Kamchatka, Russia. Um, snowy, cold place. That's for sure. I don't know. I. They can't leave us hanging, right? I wouldn't think so. I gotta mean, be a season four. We gotta get some. I, I need more answers. They left us with some questions. I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to say about the mid, mid credits. Yeah, that's all yeah. I had. It was pretty short. I know a lot of people talked about the the mid credits, and I was hoping from. I guess I was hoping for a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it was nice to get that little touch. It was. Well. Do you have some notes? Uh, let's see. I'm sure there's something in here somewhere. Uh, Mine are scattered. I'm so disorganized. It's all the tears. I thought Murray was good in this episode, too, especially at the end when she come, he comes up and talks to Joyce, and he says, Jim, where's Jim? Like, that yeah. kind of had a... That, that's kind of like the... Um, oh, God, there's been a show. Oh, it reminded me a lot of Serenity. 
Mm. When uh, they're coming back down and they say, you know, where's Wash? And everybody kind of has that moment of like, oh, like without saying it, he knows what happens. They go right back into action. Um, Susie for the win we talked about, I thought was great. Uh, Steve getting the uh, the assist on saving everybody when Hells Billy was yeah. driving his car. Steve was, was a hero great. too. Uh, and then when they t- so the other part I thought was really great was when they first get down there and they're talking to the guards and he's like, you know, all the <laughs> lieutenant sent me is like, lieutenant what? Lieutenant Maltov? Hopper just steps up and. Pfft, and like the thought I had is like Hopper killed a guy. Escalated quickly. <laughs> what happened, Hopper? I thought we said we'd go you know, quietly. He's like, I improvised. Improvised. That was great, Lieutenant Molotov. Yeah, <laughs> and then Hopper taking out the Russians with extreme prejudice. So yeah. good. Well, the other part too is like if anybody talks to you, just smile and nod, and somebody does, and it's like blah blah blah. blah. They're like, okay, mm, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yes. What uh, do you have for some notes? Well, I mean, it was definitely uh, a flood of emotions. I really felt like my heart, uh, so much of this episode was going to beat out of my chest, and then they ended up breaking it uh, by the end, and clearly I'm not over it. Um, Elle lost her powers. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah. Yeah. do we think this is temporary? You think she just really, you know, she told Hopper, she's like, it's it's just, I need to recharge. Like, her battery is drained. Do you think that's true? You think they're going to come know. back? I um, I'd like to see them not come back, I think, mm-hmm. because I think that would add some interesting depth to her character. But yeah. I could definitely see that's kind of like the Spider-Man thing. It's gone, but it's going to make a big comeback when needed, if there's a season four. Yeah. Well, I really liked, again, how everyone finally took to the friggin' finale to get everyone back together again. We had the adults, <laughs> yeah. he had all the kids, everyone finally coming together, meeting of the minds, catching everyone up, made me super happy, but of course, even just made it more bittersweet um, when we get to the end. But I really loved the entrance, you know, when the adults finally enter the scene, in, and that is right after Elle is able to get this, I don't know what the hell that little thing was, this flare slug that was in her leg after mm. the mind flayer bit her um man what a scene holy shit you know that would have had to have hurt uh in real life as i, I love uh, seeing hopper walk into and just step on it and yeah did you catch when the mind flare came in and walked by it it sucked it up yeah i thought yes. that was pretty sweet so good yeah hopper just you know that's the entrance the adults are here um and we get we, we get that with Hopper stepping on the slug. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I was trying to kind of figure out what the purpose was with the mind flare. And maybe everyone else caught on to this already. And I'm just slow on the uptake. That's not nothing new. Um, but I was trying to figure out with the whole purpose of the bite and this thing invading her. And I, I have this theory of was this thing, was this the mind flare's way of like trying to absorb L so he could then be able to open the gate at will and also he wouldn't have l in his way and she'd no longer be a threat i mean we know he was coming for her he knows the power that she has to you know either open or close the gate if he absorbs her and is able to take her on Mm, will he then have the ability to kind of control the gate he can 
open and close it at will if he wants. Um, and then also she'd no longer be a threat because she's pretty powerful um, against the mind flayers. So of course, if he was able to control her and take her over or absorb her, um, like he, you know, like these meat sacks of people, how the mind flayer grew with all these, you know, um, with the way people basically melted, melted people. Um, is this how he, you know, what he was going to do with her? So, but that was a great introduction to the adults uh, coming in for sure. We had some really great lines. We talked about them already. The, I'm sorry, why is this four-year-old speaking to me <laughs> with Murray? Uh, him and Erica were super funny together, and Murray was really great throughout this episode. Um, it was really great. It was great seeing how, you know, he hated that uh, call sign, Bald Eagle, and his frustration every time he had to say it was was really hilarious. Um you mentioned Steve. He was definitely a hero this time around. I mean, talk about a close freaking call. Um, oh, yeah. As he ran into Billy's car. kind of thought she, Nancy was going to go in that moment. That was pretty damn close. I mean, that was pretty close. And speaking of Nancy, she's been a badass all season. Um, oh, yeah. Totally loved Nancy. Her character was really doing it for me. Great to see a strong female. Um, she was really taking charge, and she just wasn't backing down and wasn't scared. And for her to stand in front of the car like that, shooting at Billy's car, um, she's been a badass. So kudos to Nancy. Um, love it whenever Steve, Robin, and all of them walk outside. And Robin looks at the car and says, Todd father? And he <laughs> says, oh, screw Todd. Steve's her daddy now. She, <laughs> said, she said, you just talk about yourself in the third person. Erica says, did he just call himself daddy? <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh my God. I love those four together. They are just um, absolutely adorable. So some really great lines as well. And then the last thing uh, in my notes that I want to say that it might break me again to say it, but when Joyce finds the letter, uh, she found it in the letter in his left breast pocket right above his heart. And then at the end, after Elle finishes reading it, she puts it in her, yeah. her left breast pocket and it was like they finally had their heart to heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. <laughs> oh God. I'm not going I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. So there's probably we could probably talk and talk and talk even more about this episode, but you know, I'm gonna have to end it there for myself. And that's I think all of my notes for now. Did you have any any other notes? No, I mean that kind of ties up. It was a great season, eight episodes. So great. Uh, I think this ended on a very great emotional note. Uh, yeah, it brought the emotion. It's been a, it's been a bit since a, there's been a show or movie that's kind of made me kind of feel like that. So I'm really glad to get that here. And you know, it touches on all kinds of aspects. You know, being a kid, growing up, being a parent, your kids growing up. I mean, it hits all the different kinds of emotions, and I, I really it enjoyed it. I did too. And, you know, we just wrapped up the series of Legion with uh, season three. And that was a really emotional finale too. I, I cried a lot during that. And now this hits me too. And I'm thinking, you're just going to go watch some straight up comedies now. <laughs> um, you're not allowed to watch anything emotional for a while. You got to put yourself back together after these shows have just emotionally destroyed me. Um, but yeah, it was great. Um, I loved it. I thought this was a really strong season and, um, glad, glad we got to talk about it. No one else I want to talk about it, uh, than you, buddy. Oh, uh, heck yeah. All right. 
So I do have a couple of news items. I typically have been skipping the news because of spoilers, but now that we have watched, I have just a little bit, uh, a few snippets of some interviews um, that I thought were kind of interesting. And I thought, you know, give these folks their due for the amazing work that they've done. So the first piece that I have is from the New York Times, and this was uh, an interview with Dacre Montgomery, who played Billy. And the first question they ask him is, how bittersweet is it to get such a career-changing part, but also have to end it so soon? And he says, we constructed it this way from the beginning. I knew coming in that this was going to be the outcome. And I don't think I would have been given the season that Billy had if I wasn't dying. I think because I was on my way out, I was given an amazing opportunity to do a wide array of things. I'm very grateful. Uh, Second question, what was it like to embody this complex character and what he's going through physically? And he says, for Flayed Billy, I did a lot of research on bipolar disorder and split personalities and how one personality controls the other personalities. This season, Billy is like a rubber band that just keeps getting totter, and I tried to convey that in my physicality. But if you look at my eyes, that's non-flayed Billy trying to come through. The whole season, I felt like my eyes were bleeding because I was trying to push out this emotion to play as a counter to my physicality. I wanted to treat it more like a real-world experience. I think that's why the show is so successful. It's tethered to a science fiction element, but it's anchored very strongly in humanity. Um, Next question, how difficult was it to film the climax? He says, we filmed that over three days, and both Millie and I lost our voices every day because right up until the camera would roll, we would run through the mall and land on our mark and scream at each other until we both cried and cried. She has such an emotional maturity. I like to give 150% every time I'm on set, and she's the same way. We just scream at each other and cry and talk about things. It was warm and collaborative, and I was lucky that I had an actor who could provide all that emotion. When she's talking about my my mother it's painful and we had to keep uh keep having our eyes wiped down for continuity because of our crying so they ask how much detail did you and the duffer brothers discuss discuss regarding billy's past in order to make that final moment with Elle so powerful he says two to three months before the duffers started writing they rang me and they asked me what i wanted in the season and i said i wanted to hear about billy's biological mother of course i didn't know it was going to come to fruition in the way that it did but that's just their collaborative nature I had written this whole crazy backstory based on this story about a woman who was a 35-year-old virgin who had been artificially inseminated. I wanted to explore the biblical connotation of being born to a virgin and how that son would grow up, how it enhanced his God complex. It's ridiculous looking back on it, but what I'm getting at is I will bring 10 crazy ideas to the set, and what's great about the Duffers is that they will always take one. They may go, dude, you're blanking crazy, and the other nine are ridiculous, but I always bring that <laughs> I thought that was great. He did such an amazing job. Oh, yeah. I get that from um, where he's talking about, like, he tried to act through his eyes. You really see that in this. Absolutely. Like I said, I, I cannot applaud him enough uh, for the amazing work that he did um, throughout the season. <clears throat> Next piece that we have is from IndieWire.com. So anyone paying attention to David Harbour's Instagram account over the last week, uh, this is probably a couple weeks old, so you might have to go back if you're going to go digging, um, FYI. So if you've been paying attention to his last um, or to his Instagram account since Stranger Things uh, premiere, you may have gotten a clue as to what happens next with the late police chief. The actor continuously changed his Instagram profile photograph to a series of numbers that went together, revealed a phone number, 618-625-8313. Fans that called the number got a message from Murray Bowman, the character played by Brett Gelman. It says... Hi, you have reached the residence of Murray Bowman, the secret message says. 
Mom, if this is you, please hang up and call me between the hours of 5 and 6 p.m. as previously discussed. Okay. If this is Joyce, Joyce, thank you for calling. I've been trying to reach you. I have an update. It's about, well, it's probably best if we speak in person. It's not good or bad, but it's something. That Harbor directed Stranger Things fans to this message would imply that whatever Murray needs to speak to Joyce about relates to Hopper. Joyce and Hopper spent much of Stranger Things 3 in a divisive will-they-or-won't-they romantic relationship, so it's safe to assume his death has her reeling. The end of Stranger Things 3 finds Joyce moving her family and Eleven out of Hawkins, Indiana. This article says they're heading to live in Chicago. Did I didn't we, get any reference get that? that's where they're going. Not that I know of, but... yeah. I think there might, might be a little bit mistaken because I don't remember that they even mentioned where they were going. But anyway, the article continues. When recently asked by Entertainment Tonight about Hopper returning in Stranger Things 4, Harbor danced around the answer and replied, I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, that is, uh, of course, my, is my hope too. It seems pretty crazy though. You know, that machine went off and blew up and Hopper seemed to be trapped there. He did glance around a little bit, but he seemed to be trapped and the machine exploded. <laughs> you know, it's funny when they try to ask these kinds of questions because yeah. you know they can't spell what it out for are you. you. Get, what you are know? you going to say? And he may not even really know yet at this point, you know, to be perfectly honest, but it's it's funny. Um, I love him. I think he is just absolutely fantastic. And it was fun that everybody caught on to what he was doing um, with his Instagram and how he was kind of playing with the fans a little bit. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I love when you have vi like uh, viral marketing like that. Oh, it's so great. Um, well, we have a lot. It's, it's now uh, the time for our letters from the upside down in our listener feedback portion. You know, I I called out to all of our amazing listeners after I had watched the finale and said I needed help. And you guys came through in a huge, huge way. So we have a lot of feedback to get through. And um, we'll go ahead and get started. Sean, you want to take the first one? All right. Our first one comes from Sarah Larkham. So this was parallel to the first episode of season three when seeing all the couples, Ellen, Mike, and Nancy and Jonathan, but they're all saying goodbye or maybe breaking up. I love the scene when Eleven is talking to Billy and bringing up his happy memories with his mom. It was so heartbreaking, and Max crying over Billy was such great acting by Sadie Sink. It was a great episode to end an awesome season three. Agreed. Wendy Ott Eppers says, I love the season. Every season, I don't think they will be able to recapture the magic, and then they do. I feel like even though everyone got the shit beat out of them continually, somehow the season felt a little lighter. Every episode was a joy. And of course, Hopper is alive. <laughs> of course. Of course. Sue Pagnia Openshaw. Uh, great season and ending. Sad finale, but I believe things had to change with original kids growing up way too fast. Also, I think we'll see the bigger picture of what is really going on now that it seems like the show will move from Hawkins. I believe Hopper is in Russia, and Joyce and him will be reunited. Fingers crossed. Thanks to you and Sean for an excellent coverage of the show. Oh, thank you. Megan Diley lemon says um, she's got her top five here, so we'll start out with number five. I can't believe Hopper is either dead or in a gulag because Dustin met a girl at camp who made him sing an entire song all the way to the end uh, while lives and possibly the world were at stake. I know that part was supposed to be cute and it was for a while, but too much. Oh, that's a great point. Yep. 
Number four, from the time I saw the glittering, shimmering wonder of StarCore in the first episode of the season, I knew they were going to blow that mother up by the end. Score one for the small town American Main Street. I guess those shops are about to reopen. Good point, Megan. Number three, all of the best 4th of July fireworks displays will now feature exploding chunks of Mind Flare and new Coke. If you can get it. <laughs> Number two, Joyce and her ragtag family of misfits driving off into the sunset sob. Jonathan and Nancy's farewell was incredibly powerful because they're a couple in real life, so it must have been crazy for them to act it. Those two are in love deep, and it shows. Number one, I'm so, so glad they showed the tabloid special at the end about the weird happenings of Hawkins. It would have been, it would have defied logic that no one noticed half the town, including the sheriff and newspaper editor going missing, the mall blowing up, two dozen black ops helicopters rolling in formation to a supposed fire, the hospital being the scene of a mass casualty incident, a dead Russian at the fair, and all the crazy shit trails that were left behind this season. Good point. Megan, thank you. Uh, but I mean, it was the '80s, so I mean, news didn't travel as fast. That's true. No, no CNN yet, right? Was there CNN? God, I have to go it back. It might look. have been close. Mm. Uh, Maria Ursano Ur- 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 Lawson. So, top five. Number one, I think Dr. Brenner is with the Russians and is the American they're talking about. Billy Cryface, rest in peace. Number three, I love the never-ending story like any good 80s kid, but that scene was way too long. (laughs) Number four, Hopper can't be dead. Seriously, no! Number five, really hope you continue the podcast in season four. Well, if there's going to be a season four, we're going to be covering it. You know, we will be here if there is a season four. Absolutely. Jeremy Hill says, hashtag hero mic drop. Doug Fix, so hopefully this post will send as the tears may short out my laptop. First, (laughs) my thoughts and prayers to RJ for losing not one, but both her show crushes in a matter of moments. Or did she? (laughs) May your memory of dad bods and billy bods comfort you in the coming days. A great battle and ending to a great summer. I felt a theme of maturity and innocence lost. They're no longer no longer the D&D playing nerd herd, but now a group of adolescents hurling towards adulthood. And with that, all the confusion, pain and heartbreak that it brings. Loved ones lost, at least for now, an uncertain future. I felt so much for Joyce as she loses yet again another companion for now. Same for Elle. The moving scenes were quite the sad goodbye and the despair was palpable. But let's talk of lighter stuff. The flare seems easily distracted for a being that is dead set on overtaking the world. And how did it know how a walkie-talkie worked? <laughs> that was really cool when it screamed into the walkie-talkie. Yeah. That was good. The tentacles weaving through the gap remind me of the War of the Worlds. So everyone in town but our gang was at the fair. I thought the fair would play a bigger role in the storyline, but it seemed like a side story for a few gimmick scenes. Todd Father in the clutch. <laughs> I wonder if his insurance will cover the damage. Elle is clearly out of gas, and maybe her powers are gone. When she attempted to smash the Coke can right before they moved, it seems she was disappointed, and maybe she is just a normal girl now. Hmm. A couple things that bring hope. At 49.16, you can see Hopper on the left side of the screen with the laser going. At 50.13, as the laser explodes, he is not there. I think he dove into the... The JJ? The JJ. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the mind... Or the upside-down JJ. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Also, if you recall, Joyce or Hopper gave out Murray's phone number, 618-625-8313, a real number, not a 555 TV show number if you call. And if you Mm -hmm. call, Murray has a recorded message with a clue. 
RJ and S. Wonderful job as always, and I enjoy every moment as all us Indeeders got to spend together this summer. We are blessed. Now on to pumpkin spice crap for the fall. <laughs> Looking forward to our next adventure. And finally, did you know that Eric Clapton played on Corey Harbour's debut album, Never Surrender, People? It's <laughs> so good. Oh, gosh. What a hell of a summer it's been. And thank oh, you yeah. for spending it with us, Doug. Um, and yeah, screw pumpkin spice. Ah, don't at me. Um, Rory Toms says, such a strong finale to season three. I have absolutely loved this season. Gemma Hall says, never ending story. This scene is literally my favorite ever in any TV show. I've been singing it to my baby daughter for weeks and she dances to the music. Oh, that's Aww. awesome. I, this actually made me think I need to show my kid never ending story. Cause I, I, think remember, you like do. I, said, I used to watch it all the time. Thank you. Do don't show your kid land before time. It doesn't hold up. Don't say that to my kid. Oh, I tried to watch it with him, and he's like, this is scary. I'm like, yeah, it is. Let's watch something else. Oh, God, she loves Land Before Time tree stars and three horns and long necks. Oh, my goodness. If I had a dollar for every time, I had to rewatch that movie. <laughs> Sorry. I just I just love how Dustin and Susie sing intermixed with a monster chasing the car and incredulous looks between his friends the Su- and that Susie is real. Yeah. Billy, I'm really not ready for him to be gone. It was heartbreaking, but he saved Elle in the end, and Max's devastation was real. Mm-hmm. I really hope Hopper is the American at the end in the cell, or that he escaped somehow. I love this season. I did too, Gemma. Alicia Stout says, very strong season, right up there with season one for me. So which American do y'all think is in the Russian holding cell? The obvious answer is Hopper, but I don't buy it completely. We never saw a body, so there's no way he's dead. I believe Hopper somehow jumped through the... Leave the door open three inches, a gate to the upside down. Will it be Dr. Brenner? Perhaps he really didn't die in season one and went to help the Russians? So many possibilities. Susie Q and Dusty Bear are just too cute. Turn around. Yeah. What's the next line? I haven't had enough drink yet for that, Sean. (laughs) Nice try, though. So we got some notes from Twitter. So our first one was from Mofavo. So A, the long black screen immediately after Joyce turns keys, Mississippi 5, is significant. Hmm. Why is it significant? B, didn't see him die or turn to dust. Mm -hmm. C, why was Byers' L departure scene shown a second time? Guessing season or Stranger Things for time travel? Save him? Guessing Dr. Brenner is American prisoner. Like Hmm. you mentioned. I think we're mixed on Brenner or uh, Hopper. It seems like we got a mixed bag there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Hopper's dead. I'm just not 100% sure because I'm pretty sure, you know, because um, in season two, which I know that everyone likes to kind of forget when Elle went to Chicago and met her sister. Um, but, you know, she said he's still alive, that they know he was alive. So, I, you know, I figure that has to come into play somewhere. Maybe not. I think, but... I think he went into the VJJ and you're going to see Rip Hopper in season four. <laughs> Like, he's going to have uh, that Hellboy body. The Hellboy body? Yeah. Goodbye, Dad Bod. Hello, <laughs> Ripped uh, Hopper. Who knows? <laughs> Goodbye, Dad Bod. Hello, Hellbod. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, this next one was a, a some feedback from Twitter as well. This is from Kimberly. She says, full-blown ugly cry, not going to lie. As if Hopper being dead, well, at first viewing, wasn't bad enough. The reading of Hop's letter was gut-wrenching. Can't poor Elle just have some happiness? I believe Hop jumped through the opening in the gate and is trapped in the upside down. 
Elle can't sense it because she's lost her powers, at least for now. Season four will be the rescue of Hopper from the Upside Down. And maybe finally our kids, Joyce and Hopper, can finally have some much-deserved happiness. Bravo to the Duffer Brothers for a fantastic season. I agree. This way. This one comes from Danny. Balled my eyes out when I thought Hopper died, but had some hope he's still alive by the end credit scene. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Danny. All right, now it's time for some emails. So first one that we have says, Hey, Raymond, Sean, I've been listening to your podcast since season one and thought it was high time I dropped you a line. Thanks for all the work you two put into this. It's really greatly enjoyed and appreciated. Also, I hope this doesn't sound creepy, but Rima, I freaking love listening to your voice. Oh my God. No, that's not creepy at all. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's, I'm getting stumped on that. I'm going to cry again. Thank you. Sorry. We go on to write. It says, I had a great time watching season three. I loved Mrs. Wheeler this season. That talk she had with Nancy made me want to know more of her backstory. And I hope she gets more screen time in season four. Team Karen. By the way, did you know that creepy song they use at the end of episode six and in the final trailer is originally from an opera about Gandhi? It blew my mind when I learned that. Gandhi now seems a whole new level of badass. Here's a link if you'd like a listen. So there's a YouTube link here. Um, I think I might have caught a listen to that. And if anyone is interested in sharing that, I will definitely put that out there. Let me know. Um, They go on. Also, am I the only one picturing the awkward conversations Joyce is going to have when her new neighbors ask her why she left Hawkins? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I moved because of the bad memories from from when my son went missing. I mean, when my son was possessed. uh, That is because two of my boyfriends died tragically. uh, um, Lower cost of living? (laughs) In Chicago? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Lastly, here are my top five favorite quotes from season three. Number five. I know. I have a bad temper. I'm going to therapy. (laughs) That's from Mayor Klein. Number four, this is my family uh, from Nancy. Uh, Lucas says extended. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Number three, I'm 10, you bald bastard from Erica. (laughs) That should be on a T-shirt. Yeah, it should. Number two, what are happy screams from 11? That was a really good one. And then number one, we all die, my strange little child friend. It's just a matter of how and when. (laughs) From, of course, our newest edition uh, this season from Robin. That's awesome. Keep up the awesome work. Beth from the PNW. P.S. By the way, Rima, I'm also into Legion. It was the only thing that scratched my Stranger Things itch between seasons. I haven't seen the new season yet, but definitely plan to. And now that I know there's a podcast on it, I'll have to add that to my queue. Oh, that's wonderful, Beth. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled that you're into Legion. Uh, We just wrapped. Podcast is out there. But I'd love to talk to you about that offline. If you want to hit me up, email me again. We'll talk. Um, that's amazing. Thank you, Beth. Our next one says, Hi, guys. The hatred and backlash was huge. It divides friends and family. It also almost bankrupt Coca-Cola. Chris. <laughs> about New Coke, by the way, if we didn't catch that. <laughs> Apparently, um, you know, I was a kid when that happened, so I guess I just didn't understand the uh, the scope of the devastation that New Coke uh, brought yeah. upon the world. Only thing worse was Crystal Pepsi. Oh, my goodness. Let's not go there. Um, next email starts out. There will be issues from the entire season in this one, but I'll try to concentrate on the last episode. And since I'm a slave to conformity, here it is in top five format. So number five, Susie, are you relevant? 
I believe Susie to be real from the jump, but I thought the title character of the first episode would play a bigger role than what amounted to a cameo. I know it leads to Dusty Bun building Cerebro and the ability to communicate at the end and finding Plank's constant, but that all felt like a solution in search of a problem from a story writing perspective. And two people can't harmonize on a radio like that unless your receiver is the exact <laughs> same distance from both transmitters. The speed of light is also a constant. That scene is a lie. Oh, goodness. There's some harshness coming down on yeah. there, but I appreciate um, your perspective. All right. Number four, the human barometer. I felt like despite Noah Schnapp's acting chops, his character was sort of meh throughout the entire season, other than his ability to detect the mind flare. I guess when you spend two episodes missing or bedridden, your character doesn't get a whole lot of development. Oh, poor Will. Uh, number three, chemistry. Everyone has it. Hop and Joyce had it. Alexi and Murray had it. Max and Lucas ha have it. Dustin and Erica have it. Jonathan and Nancy have it. Steve and Robin have it. Hell, even Billy and Karen had it. You know who doesn't have it? Mike and Eleven. Their scenes felt more like actors reading lines than in any other pairing this season, at least in episode seven. They had Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard levels of non-chemistry. Ouch. I kind of get that a little bit i've sure. actually kind of uh been a little bit down on mike this season i feel like he hasn't he hasn't come with, like i feel like noah schnapp does an amazing job i feel like yeah a little bit less with, with the other one but yeah i get that you know that's that's a very good good point you know and i i kind of see that side of things and like i said i appreciate the perspective um and for saying it because um, it definitely kind of goes against uh, lots of other opinions for sure. And I always appreciate the other side of things for sure. Um, they go on to write number two, a neat little bow. I think the teaser at the end was a mistake. Honestly, if the show ended now, it's a narrative that could arguably, arguably be breaking bad levels of a perfect TV show. If the American in that cell is Hopper, my next point will be moot. But I don't know who else this theoretical American could be. I'll be curious to see. What if anything happens going forward? Well, some of us were saying it could be uh, Dr. Brenner. So let us know what you think um, about that perspective. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number one, brothers, big brass balls. You have to lube up the Duffer brothers to get their big cojones through an average sized door. Killing Billy was one thing. He was an unlikable character with a redemption arc, but killing Hopper took guts. I really hope they don't pull an, um, an MCU and be like, oops, he's not really gone because it would kill the emotion of this episode on rewatch. Looking forward to following another series with you. I'm looking forward to Altered Carbon Season 2. Thanks. I'm going to binge Lost in Space while listening to your pods on the episodes in between. Still waiting on Castle Rock Season 2, and though it's outside your lane a bit, I'd enjoy Jack Ryan Season 2 as well. If you haven't seen Jack Ryan, check that shit out. As always, I enjoy your stuff. Give yourself a high five for me. Salud, Jake. Yep, that was our that was our high five. Thanks, Jake. Um, Thanks, Jake. We're also looking forward to Altered Carbon Season 2. Yeah. Um, we're, oh, God, waiting on pins and needles for Castle Rock Season 2. I'm really excited. I have not yet seen Jack Ryan, but I'm a huge uh, fan of, shit, what's his name? I'm on. I'm watching The Office, so I, all I can see him is Jim from The Office. I'm watching The Office before it leaves Netflix. I know I should have watched it like a gazillion years ago like everyone else. There's a lot of damn good TV, okay? Um, I know his name. He did freaking um, A Quiet Place, and he's married to um, uh, the beautiful British girl from The Devil Wears Prada. 
John Jesus. Krasinski. John Krasinski. Thank you. God, too much drink. I was just letting you go there. I was totally not Googling that. Absolutely not. I know you knew who that was. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Lots of good points there. You're giving me some things to chew on. I'm going to have to go back and reread this email a little bit and kind of chew on that a little bit. I don't think I have a lot of answers for you, but um, let me know if you feel any differently um, after you've listened to the podcast. So thank you. Our next email says, hey, guys, I watched all three seasons in the last month and half for the first time after hearing about your podcast on The Walking Dead cast. I also binged your entire podcast as I watched the entire show. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I love the finale. Billy's story arc came to an amazing close, and I love that he is the reason Eleven and the gang are still with us. I also wanted to make sure you guys watched the after credit scene where the Russians had a Demi Gordon locked up. My theory is that Hopper's alive and being held captive. There's no way he died. At least I hope he didn't. I'll end this email with this. If you dial 618-625-8313, this will call Murray Ballman, and he leaves a pretty amazing answer machine message that many have conspired that could hold Easter eggs for the next season. If you guys already knew about this, I'm sorry. Well, I we did well, we found out in this episode, so in I'm glad you still time. shared it. Yeah. Love the podcast, guys. You have a fan for life. I can't wait until season four. Sincerely, Steve from New Jersey. Wow. Thank you, Steve from New Jersey. I'm also your fan for life. <clears throat> Next email says, Dear Rima and Sean, happy 100 episodes. Here's to many more. Thank you for the hours of entertainment. Justice for Erica. She needs free ice cream for life. Your friend and still totally tubular in Santa Cruz, California, Elizabeth. Yeah, stay tubular. Yeah. Uh, Our next one says, Hey, Rima and Sean, I'm so excited to finally get to write in. I found your podcast on TV time while watching The Haunting of Hill House, and I was so glad I did because none of my friends or family watched the show, and I was going crazy with all the thoughts and theories in my head. It definitely helped hearing some discussion about it and also finding all the hidden ghosts. Anyway, we're here for Stranger Things 3 now. Sorry in advance if I ramble on, but I have a lot of thoughts. I binged this season literally in less than 24 hours on the first week it was out, so I decided to wait till the finale to write you guys just in case, or just in case, so I don't accidentally slip in any spoilers. Here's my attempt at a top five format. Number five, Justice for Billy. I can't believe he got killed off. I loved him since season and... I loved him since last season, was really hoping this one would end with the real Billy coming back once the Mind Flare died and finding it to make amends with Max and the rest of the gang. But regardless, hats off to Dakry Montgomery for knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Number four, Susie is real. I love that reveal and totally screamed, Susie, as soon as <laughs> Dustin started dialing a different frequency. Them singing the never-ending story theme was everything but I can't help but feel like it was too long and kind of annoying when you realize the people on the other end needed her to save the world. Maybe Hop would have stayed alive. Also interesting to live in a time where finding Planck's constant requires contacting a child in Utah through radio frequencies rather than Googling it. Yeah, I kind of was like, if you just Google, like, oh, you can't yeah, do that. What no, if she doesn't know? There's no Google. <laughs> Hold on, let me open my book. <laughs> Number three, Elle lost her powers. I found throughout the season that Elle's powers were being used willy-nilly, first with the spying on the boys, and then when things got serious, she seemed to be the only one who could save them. And I didn't like how Max or some of the others put pressure on her like, yeah, Elle can do it, and it's okay, we got Elle. With the exception of Lucas getting the fireworks, no one else seemed to think they needed a plan B to defeat the Mind Flare. They seemed to be treating Elle's powers as if they're limitless and not realizing that they take a toll on her. I agree with Mike when he said that they should have taken it easy. 
I wonder if she just needs time to charge up or if her powers are gone for good. Number two, Robin mm-hmm. and Steve. I have to say I think we will. We all got bamboozled by Robin's confession, especially since they misled us a few episodes ago when she talked about being obsessed with Steve. They just gave all the shippers hope for a second and took it away. I was kind of heartbroken for Steve, who had just realized he has feelings for her only to get shut down. I still love Robin, though, and kudos to her for having the courage to come out to Steve. It was hilarious seeing him put two and two together when he realized she's gay. Um, but Tammy's a girl. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think those two are going to have an awesome friendship, and it's cool that we have an LGBTQ character for real after long speculation about Will from earlier in the season. Yep. Number one. Is Hop still alive? I know that I, along with everyone on the internet, screamed when the Russian said, not the American, in the credit scene. Most of the time in these shows and movies, if you don't see the character die, they find a way to, for them to end up being alive. And I firmly believe this is the case here. What makes me so sad is that if he and Joyce hadn't decided to count to three before turning the keys to the machine, it all would have been over before Russian Terminator got them and interrupted. Either way, if it is him captured by the Russians in the end, what the hell are they going to do with him? And how do you have a random demigorgon? They must have been able to open the gate somehow. Who knows? Season four will take us further into Russian territory for sure. Bonus point. Goodbyes and speculation. The last scene of Joyce and the kids packing up and leaving got me teary big time. It's heartbreaking to see the gang plus our fave couples get separated. Jonathan, Nancy, and Ellen Mike. Poor Will. He was already feeling so isolated from the gang growing up without him, so I feel like moving away is going to hit him the hardest. I wonder what the dynamic is going to be like now. I'm curious to see how Elle adapts to living with the buyers and look forward to her getting closer to Will, since they rarely seem to have any one-on-one scenes together. It's impossible to predict what the big bad would be in Season 4, but I can imagine some sort of conflict happens in Hawkins that would force them all to come back and join the fight. I know I already talked a lot, but here are some stray notes. So, impeccable timing, Dr. Owens. Good job, you saved the day. I get the feeling he will be a big part of season four, or else they wouldn't have waited for him to show up till the end. He gave that sealed up crack in the wall a somewhat unsettling look, and I can't help but feel like we will have something to do with the Russians acquiring that demigorgon. Gotta love Will, but his whole touch his neck, he's here, was cool the first two or three times. But after it started to become super useless, especially when the creature is huge enough you don't need a dingly sensation to know it's coming. (laughs) I was hoping that sense would develop into something cooler as the season progressive. Like maybe he starts to predict what the monster would do and have a bit of an upper hand. But alas, it never got past just some goosebumps on the neck. That's it for me for now. Didn't mean to dump a straight up essay on you guys. This season was definitely overwhelming and I'm still collecting my thoughts. And I'm so excited to hear what you also podcast about Legion because I have not yet started season three and I was kind of putting it off, but you got me all intrigued to catch up on it and we'll definitely check out that podcast too. Thank you both for this awesome podcast and look forward to hearing more. Cheers, Sarah. That was amazing, Sarah, and I love a good essay, and that was um, all amazing and excited that you're excited about Legion. Definitely go watch season three and listen to our podcast. So great. If you need more info or not sure where to find it, let me know. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. 
Next email. Good morning, Rima and Sean. Wow, what an episode. So much to think about, so much to write about. I figured it would be easier and long email from rather than my usual Facebook post. We'll start with my top five and then I have a bunch more to talk about after. So feel free to edit my message if you use it for the podcast. Now we're not going to edit anything here today. We're going all out. Number five, the gang is back together. Not for long though. Finally, everyone converged on Starcourt and the series finally all synced up. Steve's acceptance of a creature made of people was great. Hopper's back in charge and making a plan. Dustin and Erica are ready to navigate after Erica knocked Murray down a peg. Number four, Elle's performing surgery on herself. That whole scene was out of a horror movie. Jonathan's trying to operate while everyone is holding Elle down. There's a little bit of the flare crawling around her tibia. Ugh, yes, there was. Elle finally has a slap step in and use her powers one last time to pull it out. And how does it end? Hopper's stepping on it. Number three, Dusty Bun and Susie Poo. I mean, who doesn't love the never-ending story if you're our age? Bastion, Atreyu, and Falcor. What harmonizing as well. Susie was not made up. I always had faith in Dusty Poo. And when all was said and done, Susie just throws out planks constant like it was nothing. Yeah, mic drop on that one. Depending which was two and which was one was the hardest this season, but I think Billy's arc throughout beat Hopper's heroics this time. So number two, Hopper. What an episode for Hops. We see him again as the father figure in the mall, risking his life to keep the kids and Joyce safe, even though no one listened. Then we see him as John McClane mowing down the commies outside the elevator. <laughs> his ultimate fight with the Terminator wannabe, who he finally kills, Indiana Jones and the plane propeller. Oh, good callback. Mm. And then the letter. If you didn't shed a tear, you must have been flayed. I truly believe Millie Brown had no problem crying while reading that letter. And of course, they had to play Heroes by Peter Gabriel. Is he dead? Did he escape? More on that in the end. Number one, Billy. What an arc. What a season for Dacre. Ultimately, Elle's view into his past reminds him that there's still some good in him, and he makes the ultimate sacrifice for everyone, especially Max. As for my other thoughts, I guess we learned this season that those episodes last season with um, number eight were a waste of time. Were they? I thought there might have been a rollover into the season, but that definitely didn't happen. It was very sad to see the gang really splitting up this time, but there is a season four. Will it be a Thanksgiving or Christmas theme? And finally, did Hopper live and who is the American in the Russian prison? I know everyone thinks it's Hopper, but my brother and I think it might be Papa. I think Hopper made the leap into the upside down at the last second. We never saw his pull of blob. Who knows? Guess we'll have to wait and see. Can't wait for your podcast, Casey. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Another email. It says, hey, guys. So here we are at another season finale. This one ripped our hearts out and stomped them like a piece of the mind flare from Eleven's leg on the mall floor. <laughs> How many of us thought we would be so upset at hairband Billy's demise? Decker Montgomery deserves all the praise for his acting this season. As far as Hopper, he's either the American in the cell or managed to get into the upside down before the gate closed. I don't know how, but I refuse to believe he's gone. If he isn't the American, then I wonder who it is. Seemed like Dr. Britter could have survived season one, but we didn't see a body, so... Saving the best for last. Turn around. Look at what you see. Best <laughs> scene ever, especially everyone's faces during the song. Great season, great show, and thank you so much, Reem and Sean, for your podcast. It makes watching even more fun. Can't wait to see what you'll cover next. P.S. Between I Love You 3000 and Leave the Door Open 3 Inches, this has been one hell of an emotional year. Jenny. Oh, that was from Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for the, that. That was really nice. 
Another email says, first of all, congrats on your 100th episode. Here's to, yay, here's to 100 more. Love your podcast. It's over, and man, was it good. I loved it. So many things to discuss. I'm so excited to listen to your podcast. I watched it three times and cried each time. Top five, the mini alien. At least that's what that thing looked like when it came out of Elle's leg. And did you notice that Hopper, Billy, and the Russian all wear jeans with black boots? So when Hopper stomped on that thing, you didn't know who you were going to get. Number four, Susie. She is real. I live in a suburb of Salt Lake City, so I love this part and the tie to my home turf. One of the best scenes of the episode, though, it could have been cut in half. I loved everyone's reaction to the song. So good. Side note, there is typically very little to no snow on our Rocky Mountains in July. It looked a little bit more like November behind the house. Love the reprise with Max and Lucas. Did you know they are actually excellent singers? You know, I only caught that only because they did Lucas and Max there at the end and then three months later picked it up and uh, you could tell they were belting that out pretty good so yeah uh, number three the reunion they finally all came together crazy stories were swapped feelings were shared and man you just knew someone was gonna die number two the fireworks and Billy that scene was intense and I love how they fought the mind flare together I love Billy R.I.P. he had all the black veins when being controlled by the mind flare but then you could really tell when he was really himself and they faded Seven feet. You told her it was seven mm. feet. That exchange between Elle and Billy. Wow. Another great performance by Dacre. Very moving. May have been the first tear. Number one, Hopper's letter. Let the tears flow. I watched this with my kids aged 17, 14, and 12. We have loved it. It was a very heartfelt way to wrap up the episode, to have Hopper with them narrating during their goodbyes. I just want to frame it and hang it in their rooms. I also love the use of Peter Gabriel's song Heroes again, reminiscent of the first season. Felt like they were wrapping up the series. Till you get to the prison. So some notes. A character by the name of B always dies each season. Barb, Bob, and Billy. Hmm. I know, that's right. Stop counting to three, Hopper. Just pull the trigger or turn the key. Scene of the helicopters blazing in, very Spielberg-like. Oh, yeah, that, that is true. Good good nod. The Re Russians, where did they go, and how did they get out so quickly? Is that emergency escape hatch, like I said? Hopper has got to be the American in the prison. One guard looked like the one Murray joked with about sharing drinks. Hmm, I'll have to go hmm. back and check that out. This was my favorite season. Duffer Brothers, please give us a season four. We've got shared trauma, so what's a little more? <laughs> Best regards, Denise. Oh, good point, Denise. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That was some amazing emails, Twitter feedback, and Facebook feedback. We also were sent some amazing voicemails. Oh my gosh, I hope I can get through them uh, without uh, like bawling like a baby again. The first one that we have is from a really great friend, Laura Willie Swink. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy 100th episode anniversary, Rima and Sean, and strange indeed. Happy anniversary to you. Aww. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Need more wine to make that sound good. Happy anniversary. Here are my top five for the season finale of Stranger Things. Number one, the battle for Starcourt. With their star player on the bench, everyone rallies together to save the day. Glad it wasn't just another L saves the day with her superpowers finale. Number two, Steve and Robin applying for a job at the local blockbuster. Of course, Douchey McDouchebag from the arcade is working there now. He is the epitome <laughs> of every pretentious, geeky cinephile I've ever known to work at a blockbuster. 
And as a geeky <laughs> cinephile, <laughs> I can say that. And did you notice Steve's right. red vest? Is he maybe channeling a little Marty McFly? Number three. Oh, I got that vibe. R.I.P. Billy. You sacrificed yourself and came through for everyone in the end. Do you think all the infected still carried a little bit of themselves inside like Billy did? If so, that's kind of horrifying considering how many residents of Hawkins died. Number four, Hopper's letter to L. If the Duffer brothers wanted to just kill us in the end, mission accomplished. I imagined that that was the heart-to-heart -heart that every teenage girl wanted to have with her dad. Got me all choked mm. up inside. And number five, fuckity fuck fuck, not Hopper. Finally, <laughs> totally not dead, right? Right? Couple of notes. I'm a big fan of the never-ending story, and the Falcor sing-along scene was lots of fun, but don't you think it was kind of oddly placed considering the danger that everyone was in? Also, uh, that current <laughs> affair-style broadcast at the end, I understand Cutting it's a cheesy throwback to 80s shock news, but it was also a little bit over the top. But hey, did you catch the Easter eggs? Like the hell spray-painted over the Hawkins sign? A uh, little tip of the hat to Stephen King's Carrie, and also the satanic mm -hmm. panic that they mentioned from the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Hey, the indie books will kill you. Sean, three favorite movies right now. Don't look at her. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with the podcast, and I can't wait to see you all in the Upside Down. Great. Aww, Thanks, Laura Willis. Thank that was you. awesome. Laura, you're really the best. Such, her and I have had a really great time. Um, with with legion she um contributes a lot um to that show as well so we've had a good time with that one and uh she's always been here for us for this season thanks so much um next one that we have i've totally lost my place well, next one should come from Michaela. Right? yes so let me go find that one hi rima and sean it's Michaela in melbourne australia just thought I'd give you a call in honor of the final episode of Stranger Things this season. I wanted to thank you very much for all your hard work on the podcast, both this season and all the other podcasts that you've done. I've really enjoyed it. I know how much work goes into these kinds of things and um, it's uh, really appreciated. Um, I love your voice, Rima. And Sean, I could really listen to you do a recap of uh, pretty much any episode if you're going to do them the way you did in the last episode. <laughs> it was very hilarious. I was driving and, and laughed very hard on my way home from work. Um, I was also wondering if the reveal of Robin in the toilet scene with Steve um, changed your perception at all about the conversation in the in the bunker with the Russians um, about Robin being obsessed with Steve. Um, I know at the time you were a bit disappointed, Rima, especially regarding nerds wanting to fit in and be like the popular kids. And I was just wondering if the um, the gender, sorry, the sexual orientation reveal changed that at all for you. Uh, I really, really loved the finale of Stranger Things season three. I cried like a baby when Hopper died. Um, I actually thought it was probably the best season yet. I really enjoyed season one. Season two was was good but not as great um, but I thought this one really nailed it. Um, I'm hoping they do make a season four from my looking on the internet. It looks like they will um, and if they do I hope you both will come back and 
record some wonderful episodes of the podcast for us. Thanks so much. Bye. Oh, Gosh, thanks, Bikili. Yeah, thank there's you. a season four. We will be there. Uh, yeah, I think what's it didn't really change my perspective on kind of if you're thinking of it like the nerds wanting to kind of be the popular kids because, you know, I would imagine that like her obsession with Steve when she was kind of talking about there was more of to be kind of at his level of popularity and thinking that that could have got Tammy's attention. Um, so I don't think it really changed much for me on that. Um, And I, I think I would need to go back and watch it again to have a really good answer for that. But I think it kind of it might change my perspective just a little bit I think I I meant what I said in the moment before I understood you know that Robin was going to come out as a lesbian um to Steve and that you know what she was saying when she was obsessed with him how that kind of changes that whole perspective so I think that knowing now that you know having watched that episode and that scene in the bathroom and then if I go back and rewatch I think it probably would change just a little bit because you know um you know because when you're young and struggling with your sexuality and trying to figure out how you know you identify and who you're attracted to and trying to figure all of that out it's not just always so straightforward and when you're confused and trying to figure it out or you know that you're different especially in the 80s because not everybody was just coming out you know, uh, that just wasn't something that it was a very comfortable place for people to do that. I mean, it's even today is still not such a, a great time sometimes for people to do that, especially the 80s. So I think that that was probably a wish for her that maybe she wishing she was a little bit more normal and maybe in her thought, maybe, I don't know. I think it does just a little bit. I, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. But that was a great voicemail, Michaela. What a lovely surprise to get um, a, a lovely accent. Um, thank you for your lovely words. I'm going to go back and rewatch that scene. I'll get back with you. Um, our next voicemail we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Screw Todd. Steve's your daddy now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Sean and Rima. Uh, congratulations on episode 100 and uh, Thank you. the season finale of Stranger Things. And uh, just a few quick notes here before we wrap up this season. Uh, Jonathan is surgeon. That was uh, pretty ballsy of him to even attempt it, you know. Um, Hopper got to be Rambo there with his AK-47. Uh, Susie's real. <laughs> Loved it. Um, Joyce looked hilarious in that uniform. I could not stop laughing every time she was trying to talk and she's flailing her arms around and I just, uh, it was so, and she looked so darn cute in it. Mm, Winona Ryder. Um, love the code names. <laughs> Bald Eagle, oh. Scoops Troop, Griswold Family, and Lovebirds. It was just yes. great. Um, it was wonderful to see Paul Reiser at the very end there, uh, a little sad and bittersweet, all of the, the kind of breakups. But uh, can't wait to see how these characters develop and what happens with them uh, next season. I hope there's going to be a next season anyway. Uh, keep going. Let's see what these kids do growing up. Um, and just one last question before we sign off for strange uh, Stranger Things. Is the gap still a, a thing or did it get replaced by the buckle? Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think there's still gaps. I'm pretty sure there is. I think the better thing is that we forgot to talk about the the code names. We I, the Griswold family yeah. is perfect. The family truckster. Uh, Rima, I know yeah. it's probably not on Netflix, but you and I are going to cover Christmas Vacation this Christmas. Okay. I think we have to. I'm in. I'm all in. God, I love Christmas Vacation. Oh, I could. Yeah. Why is the floor wet, Margo? I don't know, <laughs> Todd. I mean, I, I've, I have a shirt with that. Um, that's like my favorite. Absolutely. Great voicemail, Steve. Thank you so much, as always. Um, next voicemail we have is from our good friend, Josh, who sometimes leaves us uh feedback through um, Facebook, but decided this time he would send us a voicemail. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Rima and Sean, Josh here. Um, Just wanted to congratulate you guys, first of all, on 100 episodes of Strange Indeed. Thank Thank you you very much for everything you've done. I've enjoyed all the Stranger Things episodes that I've listened to, and I'm sure the people that have followed along with some of the other shows have would feel the same way. So I feel pretty confident in saying thank you from everyone who is listening to you. But now we're going to get into my top five. I want to try to keep this quick because chances are you're going to have lots of people with stuff because this was another amazing episode and this was the finale. So here we go. Number five, the never-ending story theme. First of all, it brought back a lot of memories. I liked that song. I liked that movie. The song was cute. I had seen notices for videos of it and how it was the most adorable thing in spoiler form but i never checked it out because i wanted to wait until i actually saw it and yes totally very very cute but i'm sorry susie the whole making dustin sing the song before you gave him the answers that he needed to save the world a little bit sketched i think you might want to take your boy a little bit more seriously when he talks Number four, low battery. This was a really tough one to watch as we saw that Al had pretty much lost all of her powers. I know she had said to Hopper her batteries were low and they would reset, but everything she would try to do throughout the rest of the episode just didn't work. She couldn't crush the Coke can. She couldn't move the bear. But Mike, of course, you know, being the person that he is, was very encouraging and said, you know, they'll come back. So hopefully, you know, when season four rolls around, they will come back because Elle was kind of ineffective other than having, you know, the intelligence to be able to talk to Billy later on, which I will get to in a little bit. Number three, season four. First of all, this was the spoiler that I talked about before that got tied into my stories friend of mine had posted no hopper on Facebook and then I was like okay something's gonna happen to hopper and now I'm kind of ticked but I waited and waited finally we realized there's gonna be a season four as he's clearly the American that the Russians have or that seems to be a good idea I don't think that he's actually gone I think that something happened to him like that I figure he did survive So now they can tie him into season four. Hopefully come season four, Elle will have her powers back and we'll continue on. But everyone's going to be moved out too and they're all separated. So it should be an interesting season. I just hope we don't have to wait a year and a half to two years to get this season. 
Number two, teamwork makes the dream work. Again, tying back into the low battery of Elle and the loss of her powers throughout this episode, she still had her memories, which helped her out with a lot of things of the gap and of Billy's happy memories. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the rest of the team, every single one of those kids, came out, helped out, did everything to rally around each other and around Elle because they knew that their hero did not have the power to help them. Fireworks came back into play. Steve saved every Steve saved them from Billy with when Billy was trying to ram them with a car. That one was kind of intense. I didn't expect it to happen at first, but hey, it did. Then there was Lucas with the, his fireworks and everybody teaming up to throw fireworks at the Mind Flayer. Just, again, they worked together. They knew what they had to do. And that's just kind of a testament to what this team of kids has been through and how they've rallied as a group. Number one, Star Wars. The Star Wars references in this episode, there was, I counted for sure three. There's probably more that I missed, and somebody's going to go, uh, you missed that one, and you missed this. But let's look at the ones that I saw. Obviously, the first was Steve going for his job at the video store and saying, I love Star Wars. It's my favorite movie, and I love the one with the teddy bears, where he clearly didn't really know anything about it, and movies are not his <laughs> thing, but he is trying. So, you know, good on him for doing that. Thank you to Robin for getting him the job at the video store because he wasn't going to get it that way. Then there was the one with Hopper and Joyce where Hopper was about to die and Joyce knew she had to turn the key to, to blow up the machine, but Hopper was there and Hopper gave the nod. Uh, toss back maybe to Obi-Wan looking at Luke through the window as he was about to get struck hmm. down by Vader. I kind of think so. Finally, there was, there's still good in him, I know. Again, another Star Wars reference where Al threw everything out on the table going, I'm trusting that there's good in Billy. It, Max believes that there's good in, Max believed there was good in Billy and I think Elle knew that too. So she did what she had to do. She sat there and pulled up the, the best memory that she, of his that she had found when she was inside his mind before, brought it out and Billy stopped being a jerk for that minute and protected L and died in that moment and just sitting there watching Max leaning over him and hearing him say sorry as her la his last word to her it it was kind of a choke up thing it really was but yeah that's my top five yeah I watched that episode last night sitting up by a campfire and it was creepy and cold, and it just made everything that much more intense. But it was good, and I'm glad, and I'm looking forward to the next season. Anyways, thanks again, guys, and congratulations on 100 episodes. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, thanks, Josh. That actually Josh. sounds like a great way to watch that outside by a campfire. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, I, I feel like I if they do it. like a fall season for season four, that's Raymond, that's what we're going to do. That's we're going to go camping, we're gonna go camping, get some people together, get some strange and eaters together. We'll watch on a camping trip, uh, camping slash float trip. Hell yeah. We we're, we're doing the float trip sometime. Damn it. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that was a really great voicemail, Josh. Thank you so much for all of your thoughts and insight. Um, our next voicemail comes from our good friend, Anwen. Anwen, sorry, from New Zealand. Hi, Rima and Sean. Well, we made it. The finale of Strange Things Season 3, it was amazing. And I'm sure that you guys have got a huge amount of feedback from everybody. So I'll just give you my very brief top five. Number one, oh my God. Number two, oh my God. Number three, oh my God, Billy. Number four, I cried a lot. And number five, I don't think Hopper is dead. So I also just wanted to say thanks so much for all your work on this podcast. I think it's amazing. I'm so proud of you guys getting to 100 episodes. Mm. <laughs> I've been with you all the way, except for when you do shows that are too scary for me, like Haunted House Hill or something. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it was, it was too scary. But apart from that, I'm with you, and I think you guys are awesome. You're smashing it out of the park every week. And yay, happy 100 episodes. And if there's anybody out there who is wondering whether or not to subscribe and keep listening to you guys, I would just say to them, turn around. <laughs> what is it you seek in your ears every single week? If you want to hear about some awesome TV shows, Rima has a lovely voice and Sean is your bro on Strange Indeed Podcast. La 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 la. Starting out, they wondered where they'd go. Now they've reached a hundred episodes. If you send in feedback, they will read it on the show. If the questions, what shall I subscribe to? The answer is the Strange Indeed podcast. La 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 on Podcastica. La 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 la. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, Anwen, that was amazing. Oh my God. I'm uh. legit crying right now. Thank you so much, Anwen. You are such a beautiful soul, and I love you so much. Um, yeah, that uh, that's that should be our new intro song. I know. I think we need I'm to cut that and put it at the beginning. I'm going to have to um, write to Anwen and ask if we can just use that um, permission and um, post that all over the place because that was truly that beautiful. Was beautiful. Thank that's, you so much. That's, the time it took for her to write that? Yeah, I know. And she has such a beautiful singing voice. I don't know if I didn't know that before because, um, you know, we're, we're all friends in a group together and I, I, that's... Thank you, Anwen, so much. I, I, I have <laughs> myself pulled to together, and then you you rip my heart out again. That was beautiful, so much. Thank you. <clears throat> it was tough watching because, like, as she started singing, we're both like, "Oh, she's gonna sing this song." It's like, wait, this is a song about us. Oh God, pause, mute. I want to cry. I know. I'm sitting here trying to keep from sniffling as we're listening. <laughs> my God, thank you. That was beautiful and generous and you're you have such a pure heart and i'm so glad to know you anwin um all right we have a couple more voicemails oh i'm i'm loving it It, we just keep getting more and more great ones the next one that we have is from archmaester rennie well i really thought that when hopper and l hugged that last time that l was going to call him dad she didn't 
but then in that tear jerking note that uh, Hopper left that Joyce found in his pocket, he called himself her dad. So I think that Hopper is the American in the prison cell in Russia, who knows how he got there, but he seems to have, and that somehow he'll come back and he and Elle will be reunited and Elle will finally call him dad. Um, so that was uh, an amazing ending and I just want to tell you both how much more I've enjoyed watching this season of Stranger Things with Strange Indeed. So I'll be back for next season. Wow, great. Oh, sweet. Thanks. That means a lot coming from Archmaester Rennie. I really admire her a lot. So um, hearing hearing that from her meant a lot. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being with us. Um, it's been a joy. Um, all right. Going down my list. I've lost it again because it's so much to look at. Sorry. All right. For our last voicemail of the evening, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I can't wait to hear. It's been sitting in my inbox for a very, or our inbox, Sean, for a very long time, I feel. Not a very long time, but a couple weeks because, um, just because these are, um, I have a good feeling about this one and I can't wait to listen. This one is from Derek, our good friend Derek, and... Let's see what he has to say. Hi, Sean and Rima. This is Derek. This is Lucy. And this is Jason. And we wanted to say <gasps> congratulations on the 100th episode of Strange Indeed. Oh, Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy <crap. laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize you guys were that far along, but that's really cool. That's amazing. I'm so it? happy that you guys started this podcast and that you've stuck it out and done it this long. It's a jewel in the crown of Podcastica. 100%. And I may even watch the show at some point. So there's that. <laughs> well, the fact that you convinced so many people to watch streaming shows on Netflix week to week is just admired. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted oh, to be yeah. a fan. I'm delighted to be listening along as well. So congratulations. Yeah. And that's really made me rethink podcasts going forward. I feel like doing more uh, podcasts where the hosts cover various shows. And uh, it's just been because I've liked what you guys have done so mm -hmm. thanks for showing me that you guys are the best congratulations yay oh thanks guys oh my god so we had some of our awesome podcastica buddies um wish us happy 100 that was amazing i'm tearing up again thank you derek jason and lucy i love you guys and that meant a lot thank you so much um yeah, and I mean, I'd like to take this time too. I mean, Remo, it's a hundred episodes. Uh, when we started this out, it was so. <laughs> Sean, I love damn that. It, don't you make? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. So uh, it was getting to be fall. I was I I didn't have time to watch shows, or I didn't make myself watch shows. And so Jason and I were talking. And it's like, well, Remo's thinking about doing a show, and Remo and I had been on a couple shows together. <laughs> and I was like. Well, what if we do like the first idea was like, what if we do a Buffy the Vampire show? And mm -hmm. and it was like, ah, I mean, yeah, maybe, but like, what about Strange and right, Stranger Things? And 
It's like, oh, I'll totally, like, what it, it took us like, what, a week and a half before we're like, all right, we're doing this. Oh my gosh. From the decision to number one, let's do a podcast. Number two, let's do it on Stranger Things. And knowing that season two was coming out and we hurried up and podcasted on season one to catch up just in time to roll into yeah. season two. That was about a week. Yeah. And we're rushing to put everything together. You know, all of our social media pages, the format, um, getting all of that organized and put out there. That was a hell of a ride. And there's no one and else I would have wanted to do it with, Sean. I completely agree. I mean, I didn't know I didn't know if we would do other shows, maybe just Stranger Things, but we finished Stranger Things and then something else popped up like, Oh, I totally want to watch that. Well, let's do that. And it's just <laughs> bubbled into this all these things and I don't know if a lot of people realize this because, I mean, it's been about a year and a half now, but Reem and I, you and I made new and noteworthy right out of the gate, which was awesome. Yep. Um, we have had a bunch of people join up and, you know, uh, last su- last winter uh, we got together with my wife and uh, some other friends and we got to go see a concert together. So, yep. like, what's come out of this isn't just a show. It's like a really cool, strong friendship. I mean, yes. my son loves to jump on camera to talk to you. My I wife know. will sneak in and wave. Um, and it's like, there's, there's nobody else I'd want to sit and watch these shows with and talk about them, but you, you always bring great insight. You're always cheery and fun when we do this. Uh, you know, we, we talk about like, we have this brother sister relationship and it's true. It's like, you're like a, a, a sister to me and I love you so much. And, uh, I'm glad we do this show and I can't wait for us to keep doing these shows and, uh, movies, TV, and you know, we got to get our next concert and our float trip together. That's the other thing we got to do. So. Uh, I love you, Rima, so much, and thanks thanks for doing this show with me. Oh, God, Sean, you're not supposed to make me cry again, and you're <laughs> doing it anyway. I love you too, man. You're like a brother to me, and um, like I said, this, I think, has just, this crying together has definitely brought us somehow, I didn't think it was possible, but even closer together, and there's no one else in the world that I would want to be doing this podcast with, and I'm so grateful to have you in my life, and um, that you stuck with me this is probably one of my longest lasting relationships (laughs) (laughs) so kudos to you for sticking it out with me (laughs) you're crazy enough you're crazy enough um to hang in there with me and um thank you i've had an amazing time an amazing journey i want a hundred more and then a hundred more and a hundred more all with you brother and um i love you man and we're in it together and cheers Cheers. Ting. <laughs> uh, oh and again, thanks to everybody. Lots of feedback for this episode. I know we're all waiting desperately to know what we're going to cover next, but uh, yeah, thanks again, everybody. Really appreciate all the feedback. Thank you, everyone. You guys came through. You knew I was struggling emotionally, and everybody came through. And thank you so much for spending the summer uh, with oh, us. Yeah. I mean, this has been a, a summer thing, right? We stretched it out, um, and it was amazing. And thank you guys so much for uh, joining us in the journey, um, and being here for our hundredth episode. Love you guys. Thank you. All right. So I don't know if we'll get this in next week cause the show comes out on the 31st. We still got to get everything planned together, but the next mm-hmm. show we're going to be covering is carnival row. So the title for this first episode is some dark God wakes. So the description of this episode is Philo investigates a mysterious assailant with a grudge against the Fae. Vanette arrives in the Berg looking for a fresh start. Emojin meets her new neighbor in Parliament. The fight over the critch heats up. There's a lot of weird words in there. Maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we won't. But 
We're gonna try. We're, <laughs> We're gonna try. We're gonna give it a whirl. Carnival Row for if folks that haven't um, heard about it. We did talk about it a little bit on the Comic Con podcast that you and I um, guessed it on with Jason on the Walking Dead cast. But if you didn't catch that or haven't heard any buzz, Carnival Row will be on Amazon Prime. So I know not everyone has that. I hope that you know you guys will um you know journey along with us um i'm super interested um in that show it looks really fun um and it looks like a pretty great cast suit too so um check that out with us we hope i didn't look how many episodes it is but i think it's like in the eight to ten range too so yeah so it'll be a nice quick little you know quick story so we'll see how that goes i'm excited to try something a little bit new um so anyway well we have been really excited and appreciate you so much um please continue to travel to hawkins indiana with us and until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast you can like us on facebook at www.facebook.com slash stranger tcast and instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod you can email us at stranger cast pod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the tv time app you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. And make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, comes out every Sunday. What's coming oh, up this yeah. week? Uh, this week we uh, talk about, uh, so there's a story about a guy and a lady in a car traveling with... Whiskey, a gun, mm. a rattlesnake, and plutonium. I feel like that can't end well. <laughs> so I think we all need to tune in and find out what happens on this ride. That's amazing. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 100. <gasps> Chapter 8, The Battle of Starcourt. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Derek, Jason, and Lucy are strange indeed. Perfect.